Hi everybody, welcome to FNS Wrestling Podcast, episode 154. That sounds somewhat correct-ish. It's a scorching hot day, we're down in the basement, we're going to talk about wrestling, some that we saw even in person. And we are two weeks away from approximately our three-year mark. That's correct. Three years of coming down here and doing this. Yeah, so if, I mean, also with it being summer, if anyone has any ideas for something, yeah, then we can do that. We got a few people. That... I guess a uh, ghost jam because they seem to say things. Yeah. So if you would like to tell me to do a thing, then he'll do tell it. Tell me to do something, and also this guy too. Yeah, ghost jam contacted, like and that. we just missed meeting up with somebody. That yeah. would have been cool. That would have been interesting because we were at Forbidden Door, I and so the was stickers, he. Though, so it's like... he was there for the dark match. That I was like, uh, we had a parking situation, and we were what butts in seats at six fifty seven. I think pretty it much was. nailed it though. Three minutes ahead of time. I think no, we. I think. It was either that or like we were, I think we were in our seats. It's like right on, bang on almost. I wasn't enjoying driving around looking for parking. But you love driving in the city. I do love driving in the city. I don't mind driving in the city. I don't like when I don't, I even like looked up a parking lot ahead of time. Yeah, I thought we were going to be fine. Like I thought you had it figured out. And then from the way we came in, couldn't access that. And then we pulled into another one, not noticing that there were several closed. Kind of dumb. So it was interesting, but we got there. Um. I definitely will. don't think I'd want to live in Toronto. Actually, I might, but probably I'd rather not. Live in Toronto? I like visiting it. I did I'd like, yeah, like I like visiting. It's a great it, city to visit. Yeah, I don't know if I want to live there. I'd like to live maybe adjacent to it. That, yeah, that'd be okay. So I figure most of our banter can long. be stuff we experience without, because we are going to review and break down um, the show Forbidden Door. And that the is the rematch of the century. We yeah, so we'll talk about that. But like any other things you want to discuss when we were there? Did you want to discuss the? Oh, I wanted the the people beside us. That was interesting. Oh yeah, okay. So I'm just gonna like apparently, guys. I I have to break the news. I'm apparently I, that, that's that was I'm, a word that was used. Yes. I didn't know, but I, apparently that I am that, and that's the case. Um, but yeah, so we. It was awesome. Like even when they were previewing uh the match cards before or like the, yeah the match card uh before the pre show yeah. they put the punk graphic on and just the place booze and I loved it These so much. These two were punk fans and they were uber punk fans or at least the one guy who wasn't they black, both were. blackout drunk. Um <laughs> yeah yeah so the one guy fell down the stairs there too you told me so yep. i didn't i didn't see that which kind of yeah sucked, so but. they were calling like uh, us directly names a couple t- the the further guy the guy that was drunk the sober guy was trying to rein him in so yes he because we were oh i thought it was the guy next to you no he was the one who was like stop you can't say that really? when he called us a, a gay slur as well first well i guess that makes sense if he was drinking but. so much yeah, right. and then, it was funny. Yeah, they love punk a ton, and then like just like when he came out, he had to play heel. It was so good. I I loved it so much, and that that's that's why we love Toronto. And then know? they made a plan to go to the washroom for the women's match, and I actually had to use the washroom. It wasn't a plan. I wasn't trying to avoid the women's match. So <laughs> since they were going to make our row stand up, I decided I would just go with them yeah. and go to the washroom and... quick. And he, the drunk one, fell down probably like six, seven steps of the Scotia Bank, which is like it's steep there, which. Is good because it, the seats, right? Like they're the people in front of you can fully stand up. Yeah, not that's why way. I liked it. Even though it was like kind of far, it was like good enough to see everything. But to, to yeah, we were in probably the maybe tenth or fifteenth row from the very top of the arena, and I thought our seats were fine. I yeah. totally had no complaints. They yeah, were, it's one of those things where we can also kind of see all around the ring, right? Like I just tried to get centered as much as I could, and then I didn't was, really care. Yeah, we were a little close to the stage, which actually was kind of okay for taking entrance videos. Yeah, it was uh, it was a very fun show, and then I don't know, we ate overpriced popcorn and drank some water yeah um and i 
one, I was almost got a bowl cup gold shirt, but they only had it at on one the level, level. On, on the lower level. I, su- I swear, next time we go into like there, I'm gonna like we, we can merge right away. You you go right for it, and the, then like right the over- if you get there early enough, if obviously you did, we yeah. didn't but, right. And like, you they overpriced their t-shirts. That is one thing I will say. Yeah, sixty Canadian dollars mm-hmm. for a t-shirt. Yeah, I got a Canadian New Japan shirt, and then I got the Forbidden Door hoodie, which is pretty sweet. The hoodie was nice, and I the like markup it. on that seems much less than the sixty dollars t-shirt. Yeah. So, no United Empire shirt, so couldn't support no. Osprey, which kind of sucked. But and I didn't get nothing okay. really grabbed me, so I didn't get any. I thought you were gonna merch. get the New Japan one. Thought about it, but I didn't like the back of it. I didn't love it, but I was just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, New Japan. Yeah. something but yeah that was uh the most of our eventfulness of the week i guess you finished all your exams it's mm-hmm. officially summer vacation here and you're just saying you're already bored my so that's sum- not like, good this has been like one of the slowest weeks of my life <laughs> that's crazy it's just like it's like obviously like it's early on so i don't care too much but it's like already on a like a groundhog day kind of thing that's when you're gonna want to get your driver's license fella and yeah get but out there. what am i gonna do drive to go buy more food like just drive anywhere drive to mm-hmm. walk around the mall drive to do anything actually i do want to do that soon just but this is why i want you to have more hours at work if you're going to be bored you may as well be making money well today i was basically just bored at work so at that (laughs) point i'd rather just stay home but you're professionally bored you're getting paid to be bored i guess the best like even still i'm just i don't know i do like kind of want more hours but not well i'm not going to complain about more hours but i don't really want because work's not it's not fun i want to like have fun do something about well, I'm trying to say like we go to Wonderland. People, we go to Wonderland at some point soon. Hopefully people come back too. People come back. The people down the street. Oh yeah, they will. Yeah. They're back in a couple days. Yeah, the fam there are two families to, we hang out with all I the time. I wanted to swim yesterday and also today, but today is hot. Not here. Maybe we'll see if <sighs> Crazy. Yeah, when they Tom, get back. Hudson Thomas Colin Christie is Yeah. Not here. Or here. Yes. You can. It doesn't matter to me. Mm-hmm. We're, and we're going to watch, whatchamacallit, tonight. Money in the Bank is tonight. We're it's recording this on, on Saturday. Speak. So, oh, yeah. yeah, we're going to do, we'll do our predictions still. Um, They will still stand because I've locked mine in and you're spoiler free. I am. So I Live my life spoiler free. So we our, our picks will still stand. I'm not sure the point of listening to them will be. Uh, but they will still take place yes. nonetheless. They will happen. We'll make predictions mm-hmm. as it's happening now. Yeah, uh, but anyways, it I might figured... even be over by the time we get there. I'm not sure because it's already like they're almost two hours deep. Yes, they are. Yeah, uh, they usually go. And they're what, usually three not or that, four. Yeah, but they're usually not that long. We were five hours at Forbidden Door, seven to midnight, basically. Right. Pretty good. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, anyways, we should probably get into actual wrestling talk. Probably. We'll sneak Forbidden Door in, add it to all the other stuff. But what we usually start out with is going to be some discussion of the week's wrestling news and rumors. Okay, ratings this week. NXT averaged 622,000 viewers down. Remember, numbers for both were really good last week, so Mm -hmm. this sounds down a lot. Down 19.5%. Oh, yeah, because that was the other gold rush, right? That's right. Baron Corbin's a big draw. Huge. Not quite as big as uh, Seth Rollins, perhaps, though. And earned a .17 in the key demographic, down 26.1. Their ratings were down in every demographic from the previous week, the biggest drop being with females 12 to 34 which was down 45 yeah, and a Seth half Rollins percent. new side plates again. Nice. I did track collision for the second week. I don't know if I'll keep doing it, but I, at least there was something comparable now because they've had two episodes. So it drew 595,000 viewers down 27.1% and earned a 0.21 in the demo down 36.4. So a pretty steep drop off, right? From, from week one dynamite also down 809,000 viewers overall. Um, 
which is down just over 10%, and a 0.24 in the key demo, which is down over 27%. Lowest demo rating the show has done on a Wednesday night since, wow, June 2020. So actually going back a fair ways. In the mix. So it seems like last week was like a peak high watermark, and then it's just sort of come back down to earth from there for all of those shows, it looks mm-hmm. like. What do you have? I only have three things you thought, and I both thought the yeah. news was kind of weak this week. Um, so Lesnar is reportedly set to return Money in the Bank and set up a third match with Cody, which fueled rumors of Cody and Dom main eventing, but I don't think that's the case. I hope not. Doesn't no, seem right. Doesn't, that seems... I could have seen them doing that, like, in a weird way, but I don't think that's smart. I don't think they did, thankfully. No. Um, but yeah, so Lesnar probably, and also, I've also heard murmurs of Ma- them trying to get McIntyre to come back. Oh, yeah. And I have no comments on that. You have no com- What do you mean? Just because? Just because I, I see spoilers and stuff. Oh, I got you. I thought you were like <laughs> philosophically opposed to discussing it or something. No, I, no, I like Drew McIntyre. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, what do I have here? A new report. I only ha- have one more. Has details that apparently you're going to have more interactions between Raw and SmackDown people with NXT and vice versa. So like kind of more going back and forth. So wait, to clarify, mm-hmm. does that mean... So you mean like just main roster people going to NXT? Or does that mean Raw and SmackDown people come like It says vice versa, right? So, so that wait, to me like Raw and SmackDown people interacting? I think they mean Raw and SmackDown interact it's not written super clearly, right? I think they're saying Raw and SmackDown interacting with NXT. Okay, so that that's fine because I was like I was just clarifying because if Raw and SmackDown are Brand interacting, split, they're officially going. Yeah, like, it doesn't matter. It's wild card rules back, yeah. you know something. No, like no, that. So, no, that makes sense then. Because it's not the clearest headline, and that um, basically, although I don't think that really makes NXT seem like a third brand if that was their goal. They're trying to raise that rating, the ratings there, and trying to create. Apparent this article was saying like uh, it's an unpredictable place where anyone can show up, so you want to watch every week because you don't know who could show up from main roster which i get right and yeah so far i haven't hated it then like the because you know how they wanted to make it like a third brand then to me like then that doesn't really make it like a third brand because if anyone can go there because i guess it is a third brand but like yeah the both brands like have their own rosters so shouldn't nxt also have its own roster right other than like the like ali going there i get because he's a free agent but i don't know if and, they're like, saying Corbin. it's a third equal brand I guess they're saying it's a third brand, so it's still developmental. I guess then it, it could. Then I don't know why they need to make it feel like a brand. They can just say it's a brand, and then <laughs> I guess feel like it's a lower level. And I, apparently, they were impressed, obviously, with the ratings that Rollins got when he came. But like, not everybody's Rollins, right? So yeah, and not everyone's like coming with the title match, right? So, anyways, the plan is I think we'll see continue to see stars coming as long from as the big it shows. Makes sense, and you're not bringing like someone who's like i haven't minded corbin no. i haven't minded mustafa like dana brooke whatever i don't yeah. need Apollo to see her anywhere for yeah for a little bit um dabakato genius no, just kidding <laughs> <laughs> no yeah uh, they showed a bunch of cool. highlights of him from um raw underground this week because they're having that match with kemp and is it kemp who is it it's kemp and uh thorpe yeah thorpe yeah the segments with i was with Thorpe this week were cheesy. I was, Segment one, I it guess. It was funny. I was watching, like, so I was watching the stash, one of the Stash Club quizzes again. Oh, yeah, I gotta and check those so, out still. Yeah, I think you'd like them. And also, you'd suck at the quizzes. Big <laughs> for time. sure, I would. Even um, though I so watched all of it firsthand. I, I rewatched, like, their quiz about the, like, the, the Mick era, as they call it, because yeah. uh, YouTube doesn't like the word pandemic. Oh. Uh, okay. I think, I think that's what it was or something. But, anyways, like, the Thunderdome era, kind of. Mm-hmm. And so they were talking about NXT. And, like, so one of the questions was, like, all the members of Diamond Mine. And so I had, like, I had all of them. And I was like, 
who's the last one? And I was like, oh, Damon Kemp. Like, I forgot yes, he was in Dynamite. Because, like, I got like I got the original. Like, I remember the original he lineup fits, really well because be it was Roddy, Tyler Russ, huh, huh, yep, uh, ha- Hachiman, and M- Malcolm Bivens, oh, yeah. right? Yep. Um, and then they had Creeds and Ivy Nile, obviously. And then I was like, I totally gapped on uh, Damon Kemp because he was in there. I would argue he's the most forgettable one. Probably. Because, like, I remember... He didn't do anything with the Well, really. you probably remember Tyler Rust more because I mention it every other week. <laughs> I am constantly reminded of Tyler Rust and yeah. his amazingness. Yeah, I yeah. love Tyler Rust. You do. But, yeah, anyways, that was interesting. So, I'd, like, I, I've told... And it feels like his heel turn was a while ago, too. I think it was... It was at Worlds Collide, correct me if I'm wrong, which was, like, September. Sounds right. Yeah. So, anyways, I, I'm just funny because i forgot he was in diamond mine never yep he's a good heel actually and he, and he came to nxt uk i remember he was like drinking with wolfgang and it was really weird he has much more potential than his brother from what i've seen yeah so who's, far. i actually saw like i Made saw his some this week. thing about his uh the plan for him i didn't read it because i don't really care i think i'll talk about it in high spots and rest holds i think his little segment comes up yeah. but anyways uh apparently i know this is going to be a shocking headline to you vince mcmahon interfering in wwe storylines leading to frustration I saw the one week that people liked it. Uh, um, I don't think it. I don't think so, it was this week. I think it was like last week or the week before. And that's the second bullet I had here was that a source from within WWE is noting that Vince interfering isn't necessarily like always a bad thing. Yeah, it's I just saw like are, it, it was positive the one week. It's like people are frustrated by it happening, right? Because yeah. it would be frustrating. Yeah. So, but they're the one they the example they were citing that in the hours before the June twenty third SmackDown came out. Um, Vince changed three matches that were scheduled. So Shotzi versus Bailey was removed. Corbin versus Grimes was removed. And Knight versus Escobar versus Butch was changed Which to Knight Mysterio. Interesting, because this week, like yesterday, we got Bailey versus Shotzi. And I told you about Escobar, yeah, Butch, and Knight. So we got that. Postponed it, I guess. Which is interesting. And I think that worked better, because I think they gave Butch a hometown kind of win. Because nice. he's, he's British, right? So yeah. that made sense. So I think that kind of works better. But I just think it's kind of funny. They were like, oh, we'll just put it this week. Right. So it seems like Vince is definitely involved and some people are okay with it and I imagine some are not. I think right? it kind of depends on A, like how soon it is, which I'm assuming is pretty last minute. And, and B, B, whether you're... What, what he's... Yeah. Well, yeah. I you're guess, the like, one getting pushed. From their perspective, yeah. Who's getting in and then also depends on what he's booking just in general. Yeah. At least from my perspective. I, I would think It would depend so on what he's putting in. I only have one more. Uh, the only other one I have was uh, Creed Brothers are rumored for a call-up to the main roster ahead of that loser lose match. Like, I don't... I don't think it's a foregone like conclusion that the Dyad lose. I got spoiled on that match, so I know. Yeah, I because it's already recorded and I yeah, didn't want to. Yeah, so that's what I was reading in the news thing. It looked like um, I don't want to say, but spoilers. I I kind of want to talk about it. So if you don't want to know who's going to win, skip to the next segment. Just give us like a few minutes. Or yeah, give us a few minutes. Uh, yeah. Um. So what was it? I just so I the Creeds lose. Looking. Yeah, is what it I was saw. like some interference from some random person, right? Well, that and I didn't know. Joe Gacy got um. Joe Gacy got ejected, so I think, yeah, I, I can't find the thing now. Because but... I just saw the headline, and I was annoyed that I got spoiled, and then I didn't look at it any further. Mm-hmm. So interesting. I assume that means their main route. They have to leave yeah. NXT, right? So Yeah, so, and then they could maybe take Javi now with them, and then I, I could see... They're not ready um, character promo-wise, more than ready wrestling-wise. I would hope that means we could maybe get GYV, because they don't seem yes. to be, like... I don't really care, like... Because I don't really care if they're going soonish. Because, I mean, also, October's a few months away. So if we get GOAV now, that gives us a few months of them. And maybe they stay. I doubt yeah. it. But maybe. And They've been really good lately. I've plus, enjoyed Plus, I would like GOAV there anyways. Because I feel like once they go, I don't know where they're going to end up. And if they go back to the UK Indies, we'll never see when's them. the next time I'm going to see <laughs> right. them? 
Right, so um, I hope we get some of the good GOIV before they go. Right, if they go, um, yeah, they're so cool. yeah. It seems like they would. They definitely are. They're staying, turning back away from the dyad and in. Yeah, my only like, I, it's funny because James Drake looks normal now. He, he does. looks exactly like James Drake. He grew back the beard. He got rid of his contacts, but Gibson's that Gibson looks still, looks, still still looks like a dork. He yeah. looks like a combination between some like someone with a big nose. I don't know. Yeah, and Kane. <laughs> Kane is. Yeah. Like his lack of facial hair Unmasked makes his Kane. nose. Yeah. Like Kane, like with the contacts, too, like he just looks like a complete goober. Yeah. It's and not. Rip Fowler is just horrible. All when I was, because I was there when um, you were watching the schism segment, just like it bothered me so much every time I hear them, like yes. when Ava's like, Jagger, Jagger. And I'm like, no, it's just like I know that's been their names for a while. Like it's just like I don't usually hear it, so it's just that was so not a good segment either. Just, Did yeah, not enjoy that. Wasn't great. My final one is that it's been re- reported a few places probably by now that Orton's on his way back to WWE sooner than later. Could even make a surprise appearance at Money in the Bank. So I guess how many surprise appearances? What the? Why is Cena there? It's basically been over a year, right? Stop getting spoilers. Stop looking at your phone been gone over a year with a back injury so I, even there was some talk right like he was never coming back which i don't really ever believe but there was some talk of that but anyways mm-hmm. um so that is all for news and rumors yes mm, yeah i don't have it and next so i guess next we'll get into uh we'll go quickly through i don't know i'm gonna try and access someone else's notes because obviously i don't have any because we were there but we'll talk quickly about uh last weekend's aew new japan wrestling forbidden door All right, so I'm going to try and use, looks like Bleacher Reports little thing here. We'll see, because sometimes they just put highlights, which is all I really want. I don't want to, it's been about a week, so I don't want to go over it, like, move for move anyways. But um, anything on the, the, what was it called? The zero hour. Zero hour that you, I did not see, who was it? Um, the women's match, Athena and I, Billy Starks. I, I didn't see that either. What's that? I didn't see it either. I think I left to. Oh, we were looking at merch. That's what we were doing. That was the merch check, right? That was the merch check, yeah. Stu Grayson, Phantasma was good, I thought. It was pretty solid. Phantasma, they're they're both cool. I like them both. Uh, Then we had United Empire, sort of modified version, right? Fletcher, Cobb, and TJP. Yes. Against uh, Ingobernables. Yeah, it was uh, Desperado, Takahashi, and. Takagi, there it is. I don't remember a ton from that, but no, I don't. It wasn't I, bad. I don't remember fully watching that. Right. Uh, and and then it. I guess the main show we get. It started off MJF versus Tanahashi. Thoughts of with that as an opener, first of all. It was fine. I'm, I don't think a strong opener choice, but I think it's okay also to get that out of the way because I didn't personally care a ton about it. Yeah, it was um just because like Tanahashi, like it, all with all due respect, I just don't care anymore. And apparently, like. He's got a lot of injuries now, so he's not the most... No, he's lost a couple steps for sure. Yeah. So... Which is why pairing him with MJF's kind of smart, because MJF was doing a lot of crowd work on this, right? And a lot of... Um, MJF can just get a lot of attention yeah, without, he'll having, bump for good without having to wrestle like a super high rate. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I thought... I don't even remember. What was the finish we had? It the, was the, Oh, the ring, right? The ring, yeah. So, yeah, he ended up... Uh, there was his... MJF was selling his leg again, right? He got his knees up on, was it the high five flow? And then his yeah, knee was Yeah, I think he did like hurt. a, he probably did a tombstone at some point. And then it was dragon screws. Oh, he did a shoulder breaker. That's what, That's it, was. what it was. Yeah. Uh, and then, yes, he just, the ref's distracted or whatever. The dynamite ring comes out and he gets a cheap shot. So what I wanted to do, you have your phone with you. 
this was my idea was remember i sent you the screenshot of all of um Meltzer's ratings did you send all so, of them i only i no i sent the the picture should have all of them so let's i thought we could go oh, with right yeah with his rating and then see if we agree disagree or how much right so what do you give this three and a half I three think? and a quarter three and a quarter i actually agree that that's like this was good but not I'd like go three yeah you'd go three i didn't think it was amazing I think that's fair um i would probably agree with it but i would i would probably go a little lower if i really wanted to definitely wouldn't go in my opening spot no and honestly, like, if I mean, it's, yeah, I think it's solid to pair up Tanahashi with him. But honestly, in my opinion, I don't think you need to have Tanahashi on the shows if he's not like the no. most mobile guy. I don't know who else you could throw at MJF that's big enough, but I would personally throw someone. And else. to nitpick like a pretty amazing show, to have your champion in a kind of not super meaningful and in the opener, right, is not. Yeah. Um, the best to be fair, I don't maybe. think either world title got a lot of love here. But that's not what it's about, right? I guess. It's I guess not what so. we went for, so. Yeah. Um, a world title caliber match is not for a world title. Oh, and, and yeah, MJF was doing all kinds of heel stuff, right? Like grabbing the rope for leverage, like classic yeah. 80s stuff. That, uh, um, So, yeah, it was good. And then we got good, not great. Um, yeah. This was what we were, the entrances for this we were waiting for. It was CM Punk and Satoshi Kojima. My favorite Japanese wrestler. And this was, right, immediately big fans of Kojima because we're not big fans of Punk. I've been a lifelong Kojima fan. I don't know <laughs> right. why you are questioning my loyalty to Kojima. And it's, per it's actually offensive. And both men, I mean, the place was majority anti-Punk, right? It was we can pretty say. sweet. There was people trying to get some Punk chants going. but there, it was, You could hear it kind of faintly, but I, I loved it very much. Yeah. Um. Any thoughts on this? It ended with a pretty bad GTS, I thought. Yeah, he, he was carrying him for a great. second. Like he was like just making him look dumb. And Punk, to his credit, I think, was embracing the heel stuff, right? Like well, he, he had, had to. to. Yeah. He, he had and to. He's right? not he's not a stranger to work and So he so. like started mocking some of Kojima's stuff, like some of the things he yells, and he was using Tenzan's like um the double chops thing, and yeah. he was he was definitely leaning into being yeah. a heel for I this. I didn't love this as much as the opener, and I didn't even love the openers because like, I thought it was a, like a, again a good match. Was I it don't amazing? think it was bad. I just don't think it was very What was great Meltzer's either? rating for this? Four. One? No way. Yeah. No. I, I would go three and a half. That's four stars, yes. Wow. I believe you, I'm just saying. Uh, I know. I'm just I'm just making sure. Yeah, I don't I think that's like I could go three and a half. It was a good match. And I'm trying go, not to penalize it because it was punk. I'd go like three and, and a the half crowd, three and a I'd go three and a quarter it. probably. Like I just like it's not even like it's again, I'm not I'm not trying to do punk bias either, but I just found it kinda boring because it was like it was really slow and both of them are kinda older, so it's yeah. just like and like like I said to punk or about punk like he's still okay in the ring like he's yeah. still solid and like as much as i love kojima and always have um he's just not that he's not that great in the old age so he's not going to bring the good match out of punk and i said that before like obviously i don't like punk right. at all no but you if don't. he was have if he had like a more exciting opponent i would obviously be more into it but i think just like i just didn't really care about this combination it was kind of slow and like punk made him look dumb at points yeah like remember that really weak clothesline at yes. the corner like just some parts of it so i would go like three three and a quarter like i didn't love it but it, it was okay yeah i thought it was solid then business picks up for us right um we get into the four-way match for the inter what international championship right yeah it's leveled up don't forget correct so it's orange cassidy daniel garcia katsuyuri shibata and zach saber jr 
with the world's ugliest title match. I feel like this match is when you're starting to turn the corner on Zack Sabre Jr. Because I thought yeah. he stood out in this. Yeah, Sabre was really great in this. So I, that did, yeah, it, it, uh, he made a fan out of me at least and, a decent bit. And to me, this is this is um the kind of humor I like in wrestling, right? This is comedy done well to me with um shibata and saber jr remember when they were shoving garcia they wanted yeah, to and fight he was each doing other the dance and, and like... he kept getting involved and they would well, just yeah because it's away. like it's humor and it's funny and it's like kind of silly but it's not like juvenile it's not and, i don't silly, know though, cartoonish like, it's yeah it's kind of funny yeah yeah it's just not like over the top stupid or anything it's just like and the whole it actually it fits this whole sports entertainer thing right, right? so it kind of actually does work so yeah his dancing was super over in this <laughs> yeah um we both love this match i think it's fair to uh, say. it was yeah it was really fun it was super action-packed and and i love that cassidy because he ended up stealing the pinfall right off from of, shibata uh, right shibata which, pk and again cassidy in a in a four-person match with all of his lingering injuries he has to do whatever he can right so there was awesome action in this um I thought this was a fantastic uh, four-way match. And also what, got four stars. It did. I, I agree. So, I could even go. I would agree. Four and a this, quarter. Yeah. I'd go four or higher. Yep. Um. Just I don't agree that this is on par with Punk and Kojima. At no. All. No. 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 Because I thought this was great and that match was just okay. This match was just fun, right? It was it fun. Had, and it was entertaining. And there was good wrestling action. Shibata's really fun to watch, and I know you haven't seen a ton of him. Zack Saber Jr. Yeah, I, amazing. I, I'm really enjoying Shibata and Saber both. Zack Saber Jr. We were. T- I was telling you about it. Like his. Like, I know all of this is fake, and he's not really trying to hurt people, right? But it looks but like it hurts. it's so easy to just believe that he is hurting them. And mm-hmm. from all kinds of different angles and counters and stuff, he's really fun to watch, yeah. for sure. Um, and I think we're going to get him and Cassidy solo at some I point. I see that, yeah. Seems to it be what they're, like which should be awesome. When they were all facing off in the after the match, and I didn't really catch on TV either, so I don't know. Like, it looked like I, w- I was thinking, I don't think they'll do it, but my mind went to a title for title for title, which I don't think would happen, right. but... I could see I could see them all going at it again or like Me I too. would just do this again or I'd do Shibata Cassidy, I'd do Saber Cassidy. This was in my top three on this show. Yes. Right. So oh we didn't mention we went back and watched the our top three matches. We watched the three matches, yeah. That we liked the most the next this was, day. This was one of them. This was one of them. No. I like a couple days. It was probably like Tuesday. I and say. we were talking today about how we need to go back and watch the main event because yeah. I think I'll like it better removed from Omega osprey although i will watch omega osprey Anytime. again before that sure so it won't be removed. but i just think the the direct comparison in the moment didn't help it it made me think less of it than i should probably. and i still Which thought it was good we'll get further to it, is but. my opinion that i would i would directly swap the placement of those for two sure. matches in foresight and hindsight yeah oh yeah i was this. i was fully uh I, osprey and omega should have been invented and agree they always should have and i think that'll be how it's viewed forever but like Especially now knowing the match, like, I would directly swap those two matches and I think it'd be a lot better because I yep. think the main event was pretty great, but I think it it felt under delivering because of what Osprey and Omega did, which we'll talk about soon enough. We will. Uh, but right now we're going to talk about the next, next match, which was for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship, and that was Sonata successfully defending against Jungle Boy Jack that Perry. That was like where it, this one was kind of one of the sudden ends, right? Yeah, because it was the moonsault, and then it was there was that was my thing on yeah. this show. Love the show overall. I'm I not, thought Jungle Boy got hurt, but there were some, some point, finishes that yeah. surprised me. So this was one. It just kind of like moonsault out of nowhere. I, um, I thought I thought this match again was good, but not awesome. Right? Like yeah. I I don't know what did what was the rating on this? I think one? I saw it. Um, I'll pull that up. 
Yeah, this one was... And none of these were super a, long. Three and three quarters. No way. Three and three quarters. Three and three quarters? Yeah. Not for me. Really? Three and a half, maybe. Yeah. That feels high. Like, almost four stars? No. Yeah, I, I would say, like, three and a half, three and a quarter. Nothing it, wrong it with it. It was pretty solid, yeah. It was. Um, just, I don't... I was hoping for, like, more of a, a better match to, like... Because I feel like... I like Jungle Boy in the ring, and I wanted to see more of Sonata, because I haven't... I don't like I was hoping to like get an impression from him and I don't think I really got much from this. No. Like, like it was I'm still like very I very solid stuff. I don't but... really know what he's all about. So yeah, I thought it was solid stuff and that's about it. And then we got the jungle boy turn, predictably, and the clothesline that just murdered poor Hook. He looked silly. Yeah. But there. He, he hit his head off the ramp. I hope okay? so. Yeah. For it to take that long. <laughs> you hope he hit his head um, off the ramp. So Jungle Boy, I how did you feel about the execution of that? Because it felt kind of random. Turn? Yeah. Because um, Hook didn't get, I thought like Hook will accidentally screw things up, or at least, at least through a heel's eyes, it could look that way or something. But they didn't do anything, and he just clotheslined him on the ramp. I thought, yeah, they kind of waited a while to do it too, and then like I don't, I guess it works, but like I guess well, I don't know how Hook would have interfered. Though. I think I know. Well, that's for smarter people than me to figure out. But it just felt like you lost the match. Hook wasn't didn't play a role at all. I guess is it just the I guess frustration it's just, of the match? I guess it's just because, yeah, he lost out on another world title and Hooks got but, his belt. And he and did say all that. in his interview, which we'll get to on Dynamite, like, and you were dangling your belt in my face or something, which in that moment, on top of losing with, because remember Hook went to raise his hand and I think the belt was in his hand. The whole, like, I just lost the title. Oh, if that's the case, I kind of like that. So I think that, that might then, be. That's kind of literally. Right. And I think that's face. what he was okay. trying to explain this week. But anyways. Okay. Um, decent match, didn't love it. Yeah, liked it, it didn't it love pretty it. Solid. Uh, and then what do we get here? Then things pick up again. Know. Yeah, it's Team Elite and Blackpool Combat Club, right? With uh, so we got Eddie Kingston and Ishii for the Elite and uh, Shota Umino in his best heel gear. <laughs> yeah, wait, wait. Yeah, <laughs> and, no, and, yeah, it was and Elite, Elite Kingston, Ishii versus Blackpool, Takeshita and Umino, and uh. Blackpool and all them came out to Moxley's New Japan theme, which, which was very cool. It it it's really cool. I've been listening to it. I really like it, and I was like, I was disappointed when he used Wild Thing on Dynamite because I yeah. like Wild Thing. I think it's a really great theme for him, and I like the tribute to Unita. But I think his New Japan theme worked so good for it heel did. Blackpool. It's great. like in listening back to it too. I really like it. It's just it just sounds cool and. Like I, I couldn't really discern much of it when it was live, but it just it sounded a lot cooler, fit them a lot better. It was cool. So I really like that. And Takeshita looks sick as hell. Still. This match was nuts. Um, yeah, I was pretty frenzied. I guess the big things were Kingston and Mox, right? They just finally facing off, and then all kinds of stuff going on like, around them, and they're still yeah. just in the middle, like hitting each other. Yeah, they were chopping each other, and then other people tried to get involved, and then it results in everyone brawling. But they were still chopping each other. There was like dives, and they're still chopping each other. And then later, Eddie saved Moxley from from a double super kick, right? Um, and also Takeshita absolutely leveling Ishii with like just the, starched the, him. The, greatest form strike you've ever seen yeah like it was he absolutely leathered him it was and ishii epic. kept selling it longer than yeah. you could see on TV. yeah like the elite were like he reviving was, him on yeah. the outside. it was it was fun like he just clocked him like that is to catch the thing like between this and some other good shots he's probably got one of the best forearm strikes in the business like yes carrying cross wishes man like it was <laughs> he's the anti-cross because he clocked him with it it was like an auto reaction from everyone around like it was it was pretty good looking it was nuts so this match was chaos right all the stuff yeah. you would expect no 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 this was dilly and blackpool that's the not different chaos. group right 
Uh, and then surprisingly, Ishii got the pinfall, right? Yeah, you he, get the brain buster, brain buster to Yuta. Yeah. Um, um, I thought this was awesome. Me though. too. I'd love to. Well, what was the star oh, rating on that? I'm assuming it was something. I'm over good. four stars. I thought I it was would go over four as well. This way was fun. four and three quarters. Yeah, I'd probably be four and a half ish. I find I'd, I'd go around that very or four and a half. Yeah, generous. With your... it's it's as close as a two or five star as a multi man tag could get because I thought this was awesome. I had a blast with this and match. It's got an A list lineup too, and also Shota Umino. Boom, yep. roasted. Just kidding. I li- I like Shota. Um, but yeah, this was pretty awesome. Everyone played their part pretty well. Um, there was like so much great action there, a lot of memorable parts to it, and I thought it was pretty sick. It's one of the three we went back and watched. Right? I'll look at. I forgot to look at the predictions. Um, so. Oh yeah. Let me scroll down. Will you? Why is it not okay? There we. Yes. Okay. All right. So the first match was what that was the MJF one, which I know yeah, we both Tanahashi. picked um obviously so, yeah and then we both picked punk obviously obviously uh then it was what was after punk don't tell me it was the four-way and i think we both picked cassidy we did i'm almost positive yeah oh yeah i know i did yeah and then sonata both picked that sonata we both picked sonata and then we i picked the elite and you also picked the okay so we're basically ta- oh yeah no wait we, it all comes we, down to yeah something. it all comes down to the main event which i got so you win. So I just win. But the point is I win by one. That's, <laughs> that's the point. That's the point. I uh, clean sweep, baby. Next uh, match is Tony Storm, Willow, Nightingale. I did yeah. run out to the washroom, but missed almost none of this. Um, I didn't, and Soraya came back just for us. I thought this, if I remember correctly, was a lot of Willow hitting a, a lot of offense, and she looked good. I don't, and then this it was, was the like, one where I kind of took a break, because I was like, I took a bunch of clips from the multi-man tag. I was just like, I was kind of like. So I was, wa- it was a, a lot of. Um, Willow looked good. She hit a lot of like uh, Death Valley Driver on the apron, mm-hmm. um, and then it was basically like eye gouge and pa- um, Storm Zero, the pile driver, and basically it was over, right? Um, but I I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. It didn't quite feel like a super pay per view championship match, but I thought it was a good match. I really like Willow, um, and Tony Storm's fine, right? Yeah, so. I thought it was pretty solid. It was like. It was probably one of the matches I didn't really care much about. Yeah. Just because, like, there was a lack of build, and this is one of the ones I feel like they could have built more, but I thought the action was pretty solid. Yeah, Willow looked solid in control for the most part, and then Storm kind of pulled a, a win out of her ass. Yeah. Um, And they got uh three and a quarter from yeah, Meltzer, which I think fair. is pretty apropos. I think so, too. Yeah. Then we get to the next match. Uh, this is the one we were hoping for. Of the Great things. It was Kenny Omega taking on Will Ospreay. And yeah. just like even the atmosphere for this was nuts. Yeah. Um, you had Callus coming in with the security, right? His, what is it, military-grade security yeah, to protect which was, Osprey. Which is, funny enough, more for him than it was for Osprey. That's the only nitpick I think you can have on this match is callus being thrown out early and coming back and the ref not dealing with it that is a bit like i would have just kind of kept him there so it takes it from 100 percent to 99 percent or whatever (laughs) right so yeah um but i don't know highlights from this match just going just off the top of my head even right the the move you love of ospreys off the top to the floor what was that called the The spinning sky twister that thing was uh there was the he had omega over the top rope he did the shooting star yep on his back and then he did the oz cutter on the apron smashed um, omega's, smashing a omega's back face the... into the announce table a million times call back to the first match right there was the i'm these aren't in order i'm just trying to go off what i remember there's the anti-air knee from omega when he went right. to the oz cutter that was just perfectly timed and when there's we the screwdriver spot when we screwdriver breaker right uh the greatest tiger driver i've ever seen in my entire life so we talked about this the second time we watched it like the last i don't angel. know six eight minutes whatever that is is like god tier to yeah. me 
Like that whole, um, what did he take both of? He took the hidden blade and the stormbreaker, and they got rope break. Perfect rope break, like yeah. toe on the rope, and a and a distance far enough from the rope where you can believe it's over. Yeah, if he's I, another, I did think it was over. Too. I did. If he's that. another foot closer, you're like, yeah. oh, rope break, right? That was probably the most Perfect. believable rope break, I, like in a while at least, because I I was like. That's that's it, right? And then Kamagoya one wing angel kick out at one was yeah. crazy. To, to clarify, Omega kicked out. It, Osprey crazy. had just Osprey. I was hoping Osprey would kick out of a one wing angel, but uh, that, alas, that did not. That's happen. one of the bi- bigger pops I've been like in for a near fall in my life for sure. Yeah, I, I popped for that. I think the just the general pop of everyone too crazy. was really cool. Like that was really. And awesome. then the actual finish again with yeah, the. He, I'm, I wish he won with that tiger driver because like he did a tiger driver ninety one, but like he didn't. He didn't like sit out on it. He Osprey didn't lay on his knees, and Omega didn't get his arms out. I so don't he, know like, how he's not. Hurting. He took it straight up on his face. Like, I like, was covering my mouth, and I was looking at. I, you, right? I remember I saw. Yeah, it was like he just straight up took that. It's like um when um Kenny. I remember like I think in the Death Triangle matches he would take a cutter really high. Yeah. Um, from Phoenix, and it looked like he just smashed his face. But this was like next level like that should have been like injuring that was a couple there were two things that were pushing the limits for me that move because that's just so dangerous looking and i love it so much and osprey licking the blood off of his arm <laughs> yeah like, he had ah, like his arm with not sure we need that there, and but... like he like kind of looked around at everyone and like and then he like so much it. blood that probably didn't oh put there's it on... the dt on the stairs too True. The side of the stairs. oh yeah he turned the, su- yeah, on the and, side yeah uh, oh Osprey and like Omega was bleeding first, but Osprey ended up bleeding like he way did. more again. They had to change the ring, right? The the mat. Yeah, yeah I don't I know think, if that showed oh, yeah, up on t- on TV. But I, I don't think I it think was covered in blood, yeah. so they had to take it off. And then there, yeah, he won with the hidden blade and the, another stormbreaker in the in the center this time. He he learned. So the best match I've ever seen live. Probably, I was telling you my favorite match I ever. Think it's I can't, like one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my entire I life. I can't separate being there and tell you, well, this is what I would have thought if I wasn't there because I was. So it yeah. was amazing. I loved every it, minute. Of it was it. awesome. It's probably my favorite match of all time. It's like, I, I just think like I think so. In general, things in my life, that's like probably one of the best things I've ever witnessed. Like, and watching just... it on TV was great because Kevin Kelly giving the context of like, yeah, so. Omega was the man in Japan, and then he came to AEW to start this, and uh, Osprey was supposed to fill his shoes, and some would suggest he didn't really fill those shoes, and he lost the first match to it's Omega, him so trying to take the he torch. needs to win this match yeah. for whatever. And, and you're talking about the parallel between the first and the second, where he didn't charge in this time, right. he was kind of more calculated at right. first, at least and um like just callbacks and i like, like the callback at the table because yeah that like cause there was the unprotected tiger driver and then also he just omega just like in his face smashed in and i table. think the first one was omega dominating for long long stretches and i think this felt like more of the opposite where osprey was really in control yeah and then omega kind of got that burst back and just um and then, yeah and we just... know what what Meltzer said because we were waiting to find this actually so he gave this match six stars Which I think is the highest one AEW's ever gotten and I have no problem I think it's dumb to go beyond five but this is why I'm always so reluctant to give out fives right yeah because if I were to do because like you just go over anyways right because like if if I had given my a match that I love 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 to five what do I give this right that I think yeah is- I would give it like if we're keeping within the in the five i'd give it a five but i would probably agree with melters six if not more like i'll watch this several more times i'm i still want to watch again i watched it once on tv once live like i'm i'm beyond happy that i got i was there like i'm I'm so happy they put this in toronto because like 
I'm so happy that we got to see this because it's genuinely amazing. Rarely in your life will you expect so much from something and have oh, it delivered. Oh, yeah. I was That's like the hyping this to the moon. Because you were even worried. Like you even said out loud, I'm worried I'm over. I'm I was a little concerned I was overhyping, but it delivered like full so force. That, but I'm still like floored by it. It was. That's a beautiful it's thing in life. Genuinely, like one of the best things so I've ever think seen about, in my life. Like, and imagine we never get got AEW and they like seen like just. I'm so happy for like thankful for AEW just like because that they keep doing shows in New Japan yes. and that we get something like this because this is truly like this is like to be alive in the time where we get this match is pretty special. And think about the drunk guy who paid whatever hunt yeah over. that's what i'm saying like like he did he was not there for this match he was not back after the women's match no, the was, drunk guy yeah, so he so paid like, for that seat paid very good money for it trust me yeah and then missed this match which is like this <laughs> the greatest like if this isn't match of the year i would love I think it to is. see what is better i liked it better than the first one but again i think they, i wasn't in they, the arena yeah, well i think also the first match i've seen people saying like they kind of held back on that yeah. They held back on things, right? Because this one said, like, I, I do remember that one being kind of slower and yeah. Omega dominated. And so this one was kind of the opposite of that. And then this one picked up a lot more, I thought. Right. Yep. And I think this one bettered the first one in almost every way. Um, and so I think, yeah, it is better. Not even just the live bias. I think just like, yeah, from just like purely just watching the match, I think it's just like way more entertaining. It, it has the advantage of calling back to the first one, obviously. But like it also just like I feel like it felt more complete by the end. It was awesome. Um, as great as the first one was, because obviously that's great too. And then I feel like you have to do with everyone all you in, do. which a hundred percent. I half don't want it to top this, and I half do want it to top this at the same time. But I feel like, as, regardless, if we get a third match between them, this will go down as one of the greatest wrestling trilogies of all time. Because this, it, it's, it's just it was insane. It was amazing. Like and if. We didn't even mention the whole like Osprey using the Canadian flag to like the Shawn Michaels with it, <laughs> yeah. and then and then Omega hanging him with the Canadian yeah. flag. Yeah. Oh yeah, there was that too. Yeah. Before giving it to kids that we stood in line with at Impact, right? I, we yeah, think, I, I think you're right. I think it was them. Yeah, and like I don't like I don't know how anything this year is going to top this. Me like either. halfway through the year, I I would love to see and something because top you don't this. have the context. You don't have time to build the context around the match that these guys have. Yeah. So it's going to be hard. Even if you have something that's in-ring comparable, it's the whole dynamic between the two and oh, their yeah. history that's in That's why this Japan. one was better, because it has the benefit of yeah. playing off the last match. It has the same story or a similar story as the first match, but better. And now it's more heated. Like, Osprey coming back for Vengeance was on, on top of everything else. You know, the whole yeah. New Japan Ace kind of thing. Um, It just works so much better. Yeah, like, this one was really the full package, or the Agreed. whole package. Like, it's got, like, that... Like, it was the perfect dream match for me. Because as great as, like, obviously I want to see Dance in Okada. Who doesn't? But this one is, like, a dream match to me that, I mean, sure, we already saw it. But it's a dream match on paper regardless. Because Osprey and Omega are sick. And then it's also got that feud underneath. Like, it's mm-hmm. probably the only, like, only match on the show that was built that had, like, a really great feud underneath. And obviously that benefits of, like, being kind of like a, like, not a non-TV feud for most of the right. time. This is built up. But still, like, it's, I feel like it's just been built so much better than most things, and it benefits from that. My next dream match is Danielson Sabre. That Danielson would be Sabre. Yeah, because we were supposed to get that. And I would love... I really hope Osprey continues to make excursions, because I know he won't Yep, I'd ever. like to see more of him, Shibata, Sabre. I know he won't ever be here permanently, because I know he doesn't want to live in the U.S. or anything, and I respect that. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's perfectly that's understandable. Fair. But I hope, like, because last year he came around for the trios tournament. Like, I hope he does stuff like that. I hope he, like, 
we get like a U.S. title defense here and there because I would love to see more of him. And he's such a complete wrestler. Like he's yeah. he's a hateable heel now. Like yeah. even just his facial expressions and when he licked the blood and the he's fans are chanting out of him, you you sick f. And he just looks right down the yep. barrel of the camera and goes, "Yup, that yeah. was amazing." He's got everything down. Yeah, because he's cool. so much more complete now. I think both him and Omega like they're just complete yeah. wrestlers two two best in the world and they're just having killer yeah that, the, the funny thing it's was danson and okada were having the whole squabble about who's the best in the world and then here you have the yep. other two like i would you kind of gotta have all four of them in the conversation so i would i don't see how you can't have a third match all in i agree because that would be osprey's neck of the woods and then also just like you gotta have a tiebreaker this feud deserves a tiebreaker do you know what our friends at and i'm gonna call them our friends at uh poison rana are calling all in what all in it in nice. it <laughs> which nice. i like yeah that, 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 that's good yeah because of where it's held i would love that. to see like this kind of match i don't know how they could top it i yep. hope they do love them I also don't love for them to try every would, week if they want i would love for them to try to top this and imagine that in like the big wembley stadium that would be mm -hmm. that'll be sweet all right we should move on because we could yeah, talk this about this was, forever. i could talk about this forever this we is loved like it. this is probably my favorite match ever this was this made the show for me this is all i wanted to see yep. so i would have I would have shelled out my entire savings for just this match alone. Because we can say we were there forever. So, yeah, that's awesome. It's one of the best things I've ever seen. It's perfection. Then you get the spot of death, right? Like, what are these guys supposed to do? Sting, yeah, but I figure what it, it was what it was. Sting, Darby Allen, and Naito versus Jericho, Guevara, and Suzuki. Good thing we saw Jericho because I didn't, I, I didn't want to see Painmaker. And this was just kind of Hamilton didn't even get to see Jericho. This was just kind of there for me. Like, yeah, it was just. In it was the about what I would expect. It, it was, was fine, but like we were just exhausted oh, from I the previous match pretty yeah i don't because like and i think we mentioned this before we're not typically reactive people in wrestling no, like but we we're, were we usually like yeah like we're usually pretty silent so I, just, I just like to enjoy it but i was reacting pretty much most of the time like i yeah. just kind of got into that match because like it was awesome it's what i was waiting for and it was awesome so yeah i was tapped out like i i think i kind of understand now like when crowds are down in some yes. parts of the card because normally i don't experience that but yeah that this was definitely like the down period and i think i think it's a solid match to put it here because if you're a person who cares about staying a lot then you're still gonna be hyped and i think some people were they were right so that aw will still get that solid reaction but then if you're someone like me who doesn't care and like you who doesn't really care then that's our down period, which it is was. so I think it kind of works from that. And I, I'm going to be honest, I don't think I fully recovered energy wise uh, for the main event, <laughs> yeah. but this was a good like down spot. So I think it's an understandable spot because, and I think it's a solid place to put this because I don't see this ever like, I don't think they have to worry about like kind of being like, you know what I mean? Like they don't want to try to outshine after because I feel like if you put something good, like I obviously it'd be weird card placement, but let's, let's say you put the four away at, right after this, mm -hmm. it looks automatically worse. Yeah. This, I don't think in my eyes at least. And I feel like you would think the same. It's never going to look amazing. So I don't right. care if it doesn't look as good next to the off yep. match. Cause it's never going to be like great in my eyes. And like even, I love the four way, not even next to that, but in between what in, are yeah, two super in between matches, those right? matches. Right. So it's never going to look, it's never going to have this like great placement in my mind. So yeah. I think it's a good spot to put it because my opinion is probably going to be the same regardless. Um, so the big thing on this one everyone's talking about, right, is Sting took a 630, which I in the moment didn't think he was supposed to. And the way he didn't sell it was the key, right? Because he was like back up and doing stuff. Yeah, he was up before Sammy. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> which was strange. Which but... I guess makes sense if what you're saying is true. Yeah, I think he was supposed to get out of the way there. And then there was like a nice Judas effect uh, to counter a suicide dive at one point. Um, I don't know. Like, again, 
This was uh, this I think, show. I think this is the lowest rated one on the main card. I it's three don't, stars. I don't disagree. Yeah. Um, and I think this show, like the highs were super, super high, but the lows weren't really that low either, right? No. So, like, it's not like this was a bad match. It just wasn't amazing. I think it was probably my least favorite on the show. Yeah, I'd say that's fair. And like, but it yeah, still wasn't none, bad. None of the lows were horrible. And it's just every such insane highs. And this show, we were there for five hours, and I, it, I didn't feel like it dragged at all. Like I was no, fine the whole no. time. I was probably more engaged than if I were at home. I would probably start to feel tired, right? Because I'm sitting on my comfy couch and my feet are up and whatever. But here I'd I was probably good. be still engaged with the Osprey match. But like it's it's better live. Yeah, as, as being in the live atmosphere kind of forces you to stay awake. Yeah. Too, so. Well, unless you're the guy two seats down from me, unless, who is unless, absolutely unless you're asleep in the middle yeah. of what match was he asleep in? Probably the one before the women's. Uh, which that and that was hold on, I got it. I think. Uh it was yeah, like fifteen thousand wrestling fans yelling and screaming and this dude that is might have, that would have been the multi man tag. So yeah. it, it might have been around that. I that's feel crazy. like it was to sleep through that is that, crazy. Yeah. Oh yeah, the multi man tag was that that's a hard one to sleep through. Uh quickly the main event was Danielson Okada. Um, and you had Danielson winning with what a, seemed like a strange sort of look painful submission, but then you find out he broke his like broke his forearm. Uh, he I said, don't know how that happened. He said with ten minutes left, about I think. Oh. Uh, so he wrestled a good ten minutes with a very very. Br- and I noticed, I just assumed he was selling it really well, right? Because he he yeah, was holding I know it Elter super tight to his body. Also, uh, uh, Danielson came out to final countdown, which was he awesome because the crowd was just like. That's the goosebumps when them the crowd sing along to that just like because that's a that's probably one of those songs that I if I'd be surprised if you don't know that yeah. song if you don't recognize it from yeah. something in some way so that was co- really cool because I he's I guess he's also using ROH and it's a one time thing right so we were there for that that he's not gonna use it again I I would assume right unless they do like another one time thing but like um as far as we know the only time he's using the final countdown we saw that so that was really cool because the crowd loved that so that was really cool i could have lived without danielson doing the convulsing on the ground did that remember i don't i do kind of remember that but i don't remember when that was or so he was was. basically i don't know if that's where he broke his arm and he was just trying to kill some time or whatever because he was being checked on so i'm not i thought that was a especially just because it's him i do remember that being weird with the history of being like one move away from paralysis or whatever whatever um Oh, yeah, it was right after the elbow drop. And I think that's where he said he broke his arm, right? He started to convulse on the floor. The doctor comes in to check on him and stuff. And then he what gets up and, drop? I don't, and keeps how, oh, going. I don't want to remember. I definitely need to watch this match again. I, I, I honestly, it was like we were just sort of, yeah. It's, and that's the thing. Like, I, I think this was a very good match, but I know I, yeah, I need to I, watch I, it again. From what I remember, I think it was pretty great. But, like, I think, like... It really gets like hurt from just I'm still starstruck from Osprey yeah. and Omega. Like, so I'm gonna watch it again. I just like I was paying attention to it, but at the same time, like I'm. What I'm, did Meltzer I'm give drawing it? Drawing a blank here. Um, probably something good because it's Okada. Uh, like, um, off the top of my four, head, four and three quarters. Which okay, so I was just gonna say I'm like four and a quarter, four and a half. I'd probably maybe, go four and a half. Yeah, just because if I watch it again. Yeah, and so another crazy thing, like imagine Danson stayed retired, that like not getting right. this, that would be pretty insane. So yeah, it's great that like that this match happened and I'm, I it was pretty great from what I can remember, mm-hmm. but like just card play it's it kind of tells it kind of shows me how key card placement can be sometimes yes. cuz I think like they didn't really follow Osprey Omega but they kind of did, right? Cuz it's the next mark, it's the only other marquee match to follow like It was. And maybe it's because they weren't having um Omega win. Like maybe if Omega's booked to win, then it goes main event and the crowd leaves happy. I guess, you know what but I mean? Like that might have been Danielson's a factor. technically a heel, but I guess true people love him anyways. But they like, do. 
I don't care. I think like you would. I think they should just put Osprey and Omega last. It yeah. just it makes the most sense. And I I was saying that going in. I'm saying that coming out. I'm saying that for Forever. the rest of time. Right. Like it. It not only just because I think it's the biggest match and it was the most deserving, but now in hindsight, purely in hindsight, obviously because you wouldn't know before. But like it kind of hurt this match. Mm-hmm. And like not that this was bad in any way. Right, despite the broken just form, just indirect comparison. Yeah, indirect comparison, it really hurts it, and it's hard to shake that. Yeah, especially with how much I love the um, U.S. title match. I'm saying this was an A pay per view. Just the three matches yeah. that were awesome were amazing. I it's think getting it's like a, a few great matches from A plus. Like it's, it's getting it's maybe a few percent there. bump because I was there, but like yeah, um, it's an A show for sure. Like we talked about some matches, like we didn't really love them, but honestly, nothing was bad. Nothing was the worst bad. match on this show was still a like a decent yeah. match. And I didn't love Punk Kojima, but that wasn't bad. It no, just wasn't not at like, all. amazing. And like I think, like you said, the highs were so high, insurmountable. Like it's just those three matches insane, I could yeah. watch and watch. Yeah, the I thought four they were just was so fun, spectacular, the, and all different. Yeah, the multi-man tag was awesome and frenzied. The Osprey Omega match is like just I keep saying the one of my favorite things I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. It's just nice. I'm bar glad we went. bar all is one of like that was worth I would I like I'd paid I'd pay to see that. So there's you your advice. I mean? If you're a lonely wrestling fan, just have a kid, wait 15 years, train him to like wrestling, and then yeah. you two can go watch like yeah. all time great matches. Yeah, together. and then I think like what the women's match was pretty solid. Uh, Sonata, Jungle Boy was solid. The main event was really good. Yep. From what I remember, obviously it gets a little <laughs> Easy. hurt from that. Yeah. yeah, the Sting match was okay. Um, I don't think the opener was pretty solid, and like anything from the pre show was fine. Um, but so yeah, I think it's an A show. Like I think it's a couple other really good matches from an A plus. Like I feel like if a couple other matches Same. were even better, then it would get there. But I think it's as close to an A plus as you can get. It's definitely like my favorite. It's probably my favorite AEW show of the year so far. I, I think, think so. It's, it edges out Revolution. Definitely Double or Nothing because Double or Nothing was a bit of a low one, right? It I remember got, it being the one. It I... got rescued by the last two. Remember the yeah the four pillars and the Anarchy in the Arena. Right. So this one's definitely a great improvement from that, and yep. just. I need to watch that match again. Well, we should probably move on. We're already an hour in right now, basically. Well, because I spent half that time talking about Omega Correct. and <laughs> So we'll do that. We'll finish up this segment, move into more AEW, but it'll be taking a look at this Wednesday's episode of Dynamite. All right, so talk about some Dynamite. You just noticed the time. It's getting late. Too much gushing about osprey and what's his face there that omega fellow really what's his face <laughs> anyways go at least, at least you remembered osprey talk about dynamite oh uh, yeah so we kick off with moxley versus ishii which uh, yes G- we do g1 rematch from th- four years ago this couldn't have felt more like a g1 japanese strong yeah. style match and moxley did not use his death rider theme again which that i mentioned so that that kind of stuff. i think like I get, I guess it's a new Japan thing, but I, I, I really think they should use it because it suits heel Black Bull so well. Just it, it it's does really good. Anywho, uh, match starts with a heavy chop exchange as you do, uh, forearm exchange after a standoff. Mox hit a suicide dive. Eddie Kingston came out and he walked down and kind of like fend off Blackpool, like kind of about to interfere. Yep. And so he's there the rest of the match. Um, I really liked him and Claudio just staring at each other the whole time. I thought that was kind of Eddie's intensities, even just the way he like stalks to the ring is yeah. cool. Yeah, I really like that. It was it was a nice like kind of underplayed aspect of the yep. match. I kind of like that. Uh, There's another very lengthy form exchange, but Mock got the better of it. He had a discus form after a brief barrage from Ishii. Nice. Uh, no Takeshita, but like still good. Yep. Uh, Mock did a gosh power driver for two, which always looks cool. 
Mox and Lone Hammer name elbows while Ishii's flipping him off. That was kind of funny. Mox moved into a trend lock until Ishii's eventually able to fight out, hit a back suplex. Uh, Mox hit a German suplex, but Ishii powers through to eat a lariat from Mox for, for a one count. Uh, running knee from Ishii for a one count, and they kind of do a double lariat spot, and they both collapse. Uh, headbutts and slaps from both of them. Uh, then Ishii goes for a lariat. Mox counters through into a paradigm shift for two count, or the dirty deeds, because not the elevated one. Right. Uh, Ishii hits a butterfly DDT, basically like kind of doing his own paradigm shift. Uh, followed by a lariat for a two count. Uh, Mox is a cutter. Ishii pops back up and hits a basement lariat for two. Ishii goes for a brainbuster. Mox counters, hits a short knee, followed by a death rider for a near fall. So Ishii gets to kick out of a paradigm shift or death rider, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Mox misses a curb stomp. Um, so this is the finish. Mox misses a curb stomp. Ishii hits a leaping into Gary. Uh, Mox came back though with the curb stomp, a la Seth Rollins. Yeah, and uh, he hit a death rider follow up for the win. Um, then he was walking up the ramp. He kind of like brushes his shoulder off Eddie as he yes. walks up the ramp. And they kind of a little argument without Mike's. Eddie's like saying like, uh, congrats, you did it by yourself or what you kind of like. And Mox was retorting as well. I didn't really catch much of it, but it was, it was really nice. I, I love the dynamic in general. So that's a nice thing. I end up, ended up thinking that this match was awesome. And honestly, it started out with almost too many strikes and stuff. Cause that's very like I, when it started, what did I say? I said the over under on forearms is like 70, right? So. But then it just started building, right? And it really did feel like a G1 match on Dynamite. And I thought it was an awesome opener. And of the recent Ishii matches in North America, I think it's my favorite one. I, well, and it, what would you classify as those? Because other than this and the multi-man tag. The stuff, I didn't he have more? He had multiple things last year. At least I saw. Maybe it was because oh, I was okay. watching We're Strong. Thinking, like, and... back to last year. Okay. Yeah. No, I think between this and the Multiman Tech, he's got a really nice pair of quality uh, yes. performances. So I really, this was close to being like, okay, too much striking, but then they got into everything else and I ended up really liking it. thought it was a pretty awesome opener. Mm-hmm. And I guess like, so Ishii got the pin at Forbidden Door, so Moxley gets that back here, I guess, too, mm-hmm. to balance things out. Yeah, it was exactly what you expect from these two. It was more uh, the Japan style, and as a result, like pretty hard hitting, fast pace at times. But um, I think it was a good choice for an opener. Um, and it was kind of it kind of fits in the aftermath of Forbidden Door because it's like Ishii's still from New Japan, obviously. Uh, Moxley also gets a quality singles win here, which feels a little rarer within all the the yeah. faction warfare we've been getting. Um, I've enjoyed the, I enjoy this a lot. Um, I'm surprised Ishii got to kick out a couple finishers from Mox, but it was also cool because it was unexpected. Uh, good start to the show. Uh, not a hot opener per se, but like still like it's still a really good opener because like these guys they're not the type to have a hot no. opener, but it's still like a good one if that makes sense. And I could have lived without the unprotected headbutts, but they weren't super mm-hmm. fierce, but still mm-hmm. unnecessary, I think. But anyways, mm-hmm. um. Yeah, and I also liked uh, Claudio and Eddie's bit there. That was a nice little bit. It was. That, that, that Eddie bit. adds a little something, right, mm-hmm. to stuff. Um, Renee uh, is then talking with MJF and Adam Cole. Uh, and so I like this. Uh, Adam Cole pulled up to the parking lot to talk to Renee, and then so is MJF. He's acting all friendly to Cole and congratulates Cole on being sick for Forbidden Door. Yeah. Uh, and he wishes, he says he wishes he thought of that, which that was pretty funny. Uh, MJF says they got off on the wrong foot, and he says nobody's on his level. But Cole is close, and he says, just imagine what they could be capable of as a team. And he had an idea to bond a bit, uh, or to bond a little bit. Uh, Cole agrees to it and says he'll see him around. And MJF, says, MJF shows him their new shirt, which is like a logo combo. It's better than you, Bebe. It's got like Bebe and Cole's font. It's got like the scarf font, uh, scarf like print uh, for MJF. So yep. half of that. Uh, I really like it. It's a cool thing. And then Cole says, uh, good God walks away and the MJF says, see you later, bro. Chacho. Yeah. Um, I like this too, because I think it's like, 
each man is kind of working the other one and they think like they know what the other one's doing but they're one step ahead and they both think that because i think mjf is basically willing to do anything to not face cole again right because there yeah. was uh he was so yeah close i to thought that there. was a good take on it and so like i kind of agree you can befriend him here and maybe it's less likely and then cole's willing to go along with it because he wants belts so if it gets him tag team gold to cooperate with this guy and for a week then or whatever maybe he'll work a title shot out of it right so they each, the way, MJ they each think they're working the other one um so i i thought this was entertaining yeah, yeah. Yeah, I really like this for a short segment. MJF is really amusing. Um, I like the sick excuse line because he's always trying to get at his stuff. So I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, and Cole obviously being actually sick. Um, MJF is really funny through the throughout the whole thing. It, it kind of reminds me of the thing he had with Sammy pre Double or Nothing, but different because Cole is reluctant. So it's like it's kind of different. Yeah. Um, because Sammy was all in on that, obviously. Um, I feel like MJF wants to make this work. Yeah, because like basically what you're saying because he it could be another title for him obviously then he could be a double champ and really say he's better than everyone better than all the other tag teams Mm -hmm. and theoretically it keeps cool for being a title challenger i hope we get some bonding uh segments from these two um i think those would have some great entertainment potential um the shirt's actually pretty sweet i really like it um so i i would definitely try to i'm gonna i would i want to try to get that i like (laughs) it and the la night shirt uh, and then I don't know why, but <laughs> I, I laugh when uh, he said, see you later, bro. Chacho, yeah. Just the way he said that, just that was just funny. And it does set up, if they do it right, a bunch of entertaining vignettes of them out together, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Could and their fun. matches could be interesting, too. Mm-hmm. Um, Then Renee is back on the scene, but she, she's mad at John Moxley because the Eddie thing. Uh, Moxley was yelling uh, and then Eddie came and yelling. Like, so Renee was like saying, talking to John and Mox and then Moxley was like, saying something that eddie came and yelling they're arguing uh he said like something but like nobody kicks mox's ass but him right uh but mox is teaming with that scumbag claudio obviously uh they're yelling at each other much more it's hard to get like you really kind of have to watch it it's not good for note taking um renee gets fed up as mox walks off and she said she's had enough and tells eddie to fix it um i enjoyed this too um it's hard to take notes when it's mox and eddie yelling at each other but i like it a lot because it just feels real Yes. Like they just feel exactly. really real and it feels like a realistic like issue between like friends because like he, he's friends with someone his friend has like a major issue with. Right. Um some of the lore is here is still unclear, like you were kind of saying the other week, which I would like to know about a la like the Shik- Ch- the Chikara BS that Mox was referring to. Other than not knowing everything, um, I'm enjoying whatever's going on here. I really like it because it's just like Mox and Eddie are just gold together. And I, I love that anytime. My thoughts are very similar. Like I like the complexity of relationships here. And AEW, I think, does this more where and it comes up again with the Dark Order, right? They don't just drop these things. They sort of come back around to them. So like you said, it's easy to believe that these guys would behave this way, right? And that's mm-hmm. when I like pro wrestling the best, when it yeah. feels like, yes, this is how these men yeah. in this situation would behave. It feels behave. all logical and real, and like this is how people would actually behave and in add certain situations. Eddie and Mox are super strong performers, so it's yeah. good. Obviously, yeah, they still agree. Uh, next, we get my next excuse to talk about my favorite match. <laughs> <laughs> uh we get highlights of omega osprey 2 from forbidden door um it's just match highlights spliced together with post-match words from omega and osprey. Both bloody which was great yeah um and omega's got like the weird plastic like on him or whatever like you know like looks like saran wrap yeah. I, don't, I don't know what it technically is but like i've seen him have that before i've seen biggie had had that before um so yeah omega says like he said something and he said he'll be back um, osprey says they can run it back for a tiebreaker anytime brackets hooray yep um so nice little recap for anyone who missed it and I if you didn't it. see it go see it i'm like this is one i'm this one time i'm gonna be like you gotta go see it you must go see it. if you're a pro wrestling fan and not 
Like and I do say pro wrestling and you know, WWE fans might not might not like it. I would still tell you to check it out, but if you're a pro wrestling fan, you, you really gotta check it out. And so this was I think this is before we talk I wrote this obviously before we talked about Forbidden Door. I think before I watched it again. It no, it might have been after I watched it. Anyways, I I wrote by now I probably said enough about how great I think it is. <laughs> I know myself. Yeah. Um the tiebreaker they're teasing has to be coming because I don't think they can leave it at this. I mean you could and I wouldn't be unhappy, but I really want another one. I don't know how they can top this. Like they top the first one. I hope they try. It's got to be all in. That's just gonna be like I think so. That's gonna be like because just the setting and like the 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 tiebreaker like hype. It's gonna be like one of the biggest matches ever because that show already is like one of the biggest matches in the history of pro wrestling. Or sorry, biggest shows in the history of pro wrestling. So imagine this feud that match on top of that show. That's going to be like one of the biggest matches of all time. That'll it be will nuts. be big. That is going to be crazy. Uh, next, we get Daniel Garcia in 2.0 versus Orange Cassidy, Keith Lee, and El Hijo del Vikingo. Uh, random TV trios match. So let's go, I guess. They showed like something playing in picture in picture. It was like 2.0 Garcia were throwing out some challenge. I didn't really hear it or catch it so i don't know and then cassie was getting interviewed about and so he found keith lee in the locker room there and viking goes there and you give him a thumbs up yeah something like that just like really quick fast setup yep that's how he found two partners i'm gonna assume it's something stemming from the four-way uh with garcia and cassie Could be, it yeah. kind of has to be i would assume i think like i do remember now i was thinking about it garcia says something like he'll take the title at all costs or something like he's going after cassie which i thought he was going after shibata all right. <laughs> um, some of the notables. Uh, Vikingo showed off some athleticism. Then he hit a cool springboard arm drag, followed by a fast tilt to world head scissors. Uh, Parker combed his hair. Then Cassie takes him down. He put the comb in his pocket, which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, Cassie took a two point on the combs his hair, and then uh, Parker went for the comb later, which is kind of funny. It made me laugh the way he dove off the ring apron instead of like stepping down and then bending over. He like dove on to go pick it up yeah. like it was something very important to him. <laughs> which I guess it is. Yeah. Uh, Vikingo hit a diving double foot stomp uh, with Cassie holding Garcia in a bow and arrow stretch, so that was kind of cool. Um, Menard hit a big powerbomb to Vikingo. Uh, Jazz hit a series of corner moves to Vikingo. Then Parker steps off Menard's back to an elbow drop, which was pretty cool. Keith Lee gets a hot tag. Uh, Garcia was doing his little dance on standing on Lee's back, but he Lee did. got up and then caught him. Like He almost went wrong, but he caught him pretty good in the fireman's carry, so yep. props to Lee for ha- handling that really well. Then he held him in a fireman's carry while closing 2.0. Then Garcia fought out. I was hoping Keith Lee would hit something, but he didn't really. No. Uh, then he hit a, a Lee hit him with that two-hand chop in the corner. Uh, Lee assists Vikingo up to hit a moonsault to the outside in 2.0. Remember, there's the whole dive botch stuff. Um, yes. I'm not really going to get into that because it's not really worth noting. Um, Garcia and Cassie go back and forth a bunch. Look, Garcia locks in the Dragon Tamer. Vikingo breaks that up. But we get an orange punch to Parker, and then the finish comes with Menard clotheslines and chops lead a little effect. Lee catches him in the fireman's carry, and then eventually hits the Big Bang catastrophe. They call it the Supernova in a, in AW, but I remember the Big Bang catastrophe from the NXT days. Right. Uh, and he hits that for the win. It's basically like a fireman's carry version. It of looks the, cool. Yeah, it's a when fireman's, he hits it. fireman's carry version of a jackhammer, basically. Yeah, pretty um, much. That's basically the best way to describe it. Yeah, your recap made it sound better than I re- like. I wrote that I was hoping for much more than this. I didn't I really was, love it. I thought it was like. I thought it was like a typically fun trios match, just like one hindered by some of the botches and a little bit of sloppiness towards the end. Like I thought it was perfectly serviceable. Like, but um, I was but looking for like some yeah. standout Vikingo. Keith yeah. Lee's getting another chance. Like, yeah, Keith I Lee was is back to the black hair. Hoping for more. I thought Keith Lee like they were building up to it, and like his hot tag wasn't. I was hoping for more. I than agree, his hot because yeah. t- they did build it. Vikingo yeah. took a lot, and then the yeah. hot tag was not that um, hot. 
Yeah, so I don't think anything was match ruining though. It just led this to be lesser than I'd hope, and I I feel like you share the sentiment. The botch um, on the floor was awkward. He yeah, was supposed to catch Vikingo, he didn't, and then he just they kind of like, re went for that picked, spot, which is yeah. okay. Um, I still found it decently enjoyable though. Like most of the TV multiman tags are odd team, not a bad one. Keithley back to black hair is better. No offense to the natural gray. <laughs> and so since there's no other opportunity to talk about here, I'm gonna talk about here. Um, so the I think it's next week then when the blind eliminator starts they said they would announce a bracket this week i didn't see the bracket i only saw the one match announced so the ma i saw so one of the, the blind eliminator tournament matches is cassie and darby allen the house show tag team i guess yeah and it's uh sw we're getting swerving our glory again i told you no, nice. that, I, yeah. I, I like that um obviously the then dy the dynamic's gonna be weird again but i hope we get like some reluctant working together like I really like Swerving Our Glory just as like a combination. They were always really cool. So yes, I'm like, they were good. I feel like the dynamic would be really cool. Maybe this is like to get that pay. We could get a payoff to their feud. But I, w I hope for them to go like, because since they were a team, like they could reluctantly work together and they could go all the way. You know what I mean? Yep. At least to the finals. And like, I hope we get like, they kind of slowly work together. I'm not saying they have to go full tag team again after this. Like, but just for this, I mean, I would like them to team again, but I also like heel swerve and it could get. You could get a swerve face turn and out of the mobile embassy and they could team again. I don't think they did all they but, could have with that team. I think yeah, there was so still meat on that bone as I they would say. I'm kind of fancy. I would like for them to maybe I would like for them to go like full tag team again because that could really help the division. And yeah. I don't really think Swerve needs the embassy. Yeah. I just don't think that works. And Swerve can be cool as a face anyways, so it's not like I'm worried about that affecting him much. But regardless if they team after the tournament or not, but like for the purpose of the tournament, I would like for them to kind of slowly work together because I like some of their tag offense. Like mm -hmm. the we need the swerve, uh, the uh, the swerve stomp spirit bomb. I do like we need that. that. Um, there's remember they always do the fireman's carry thing with like the insiguri in the form. That was always really cool. Like the moonsault off of Keith Lee. Um, they I'm just really excited for that because I really like them as a combination. Like tag team name aside and like. I, I agree. I just don't think they did all they could with that team. So right. I just I, I just, so. just want to see more of them. I really like them as a combination is my point. So I thought that's really cool and that makes me more interested in the um in the blind limit tournament. You, Bit know, what of a digression, you know what else I'm reading that we could have done Thursday if you what? weren't working? Hmm. We thought about going to uh collision, right, which collision the tickets taping, went yeah. down to fifteen bucks. Uh but Demand Lucha did one and it was uh Vikingo Speedball for and Jack Jack Cartwheel. I don't know if you know him. In I've the main event, he's. Uh, I watched him when he was brand new to wrestling. I think in Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, mm -hmm. that would have been a cool match. That sucks. Anyways, carry on. I saw like I think he was teaming with uh in Helico. I think it was on Ring of Honor the one time, and I was like, in Helico and a guy named Jack. Jack Cartwheel. I miss Teach too. You know, if we could, I don't know what happened to Jack Evans or where he is. They just didn't like, renew him. That sucks. I don't think there was any reason. I yeah, I'm hoping like there's no. I don't think not, it was bad terms he's not or, a, or scandal. He's I don't not think a gar he's not a garbage human being or something. I don't know I, if he is. I don't think there was <laughs> because of it was the reason he left. I don't think. Uh huh. Uh, yeah. Um. I would like. I w my. I really wish they could come back because I love their their theme. It was kind of like um. I don't know what the technical term for that kind of music is, but like, do you remember their theme? It's kind of like I remember you liked it. And it's that, like. And Helico would dance step, a little bit. But like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, it's like some instrumental thing. Anyways, yeah, I love Helico's dance. He still does that with his his solo themes really good. But anyways, I thought they they were a really cool combination. They were so cool. I I would like for them to like. I wish they could come back and get more of a spotlight because they would be they could have a cool feud. With I love Helico. They would be cool. I like them together. That I, I miss TH too. That was like early AW. And they never early. really did a whole lot. That no, kind of sucks. They were they got plagued also by the HFO. 
Oh right. Yeah. Or the Afo as it was in, or the 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 Hafo if you want to call it that. Hardy Andrade. Mm-hmm. Whatever. That does not matter. Keep going. Where did I, oh yeah, because you're talking about demand literature. I was just trying to remember how I even got there. Uh next we got Hung Bucks uh promo backstage. Um so they have an open challenge. Uh Hangman says they're putting an open challenge, um, fresh off the Forbidden Door win. And then the Dark Order come in, say they accept and they'll kick their asses. And Heyman's kind of try to play it off, saying like, oh yeah, we can make it a 12-man tag if you guys want in. And then they're like, no, we want to fight you. Um, and yeah, so they're all, why do I have a candy in my pocket? Oh, while well, the Young Bucks are acting like they're just, Dark Order's just ruining their shot, right? Sort of yeah. thing. I have a candy in my pocket for some reason. Congrats. I was trying to feel what it was and I'm confused. I'm going to eat it later. Um, and so, yeah, uh, Reynolds says they're serious and they want to fight them tonight. He hasn't talked to them in months and thinks it's okay. Uno says he hasn't contacted them in months or hung out with them in months and he abandoned them for the elite. Uh, Hangman says he needed to help them fight Black Bull and says, what is it like he's their babysitter? And Reynolds is like, oh, so you think that's what it was? Uh, and he says, there is opponents tonight, not his friends. Uh, what did you think of this little thing? Been I like the idea for the match. And like, on one hand, part of me wants to be like, what's the heel face dynamic here, right? Because they're both kind of baby face groups. But like I said before, I like the complexity of some of this stuff, right? Again, this is a... This feels like something that WWE would have just never revisited, right? Yeah. Uh, Hangman's moved on. That's exactly what I said. Like in WWE, they probably forget about it because they're all baby faces and they'd be okay to like be in the background or play together. But Dark Order are people who have feelings and they feel like this guy could have shot them a text or something. And you know, how busy are you that you can't in the era of like digital communication not. So I, yeah. I like it. It just makes it. The match was almost a bit awkward where it felt like the Bucks were working heelish a little bit or like they're douchey, you know what I mean? More so. I thought it was kind of like Dark Order were kind of too. But I like, thought Uno was the more like enough of this. I want to kill Hangman, right? Like I'm done with you all together. I felt like he was leading that charge. But yeah, and Silver and Reynolds were kind of like trying to fight him too. And like, yeah. so I, yeah, I like their animosity towards Hangman. Like the Mox Eddie dynamic feels realistic. I think it makes sense. It makes sense. Yes. Um, and like I like a lot that they not only remember all the history with Hangman and the Elite, but as a result, they're actually mad at Hangman for teaming with the Elite and ditching them. Um, I just enjoy the previous storylines being referenced here, and like it actually matters. Mm-hmm. And I like that they kind of like in then in the match they kind of had this like heelish edge to them, not like not heelish, but I like them being like actually bothered by and like kind of working more dirty, I guess if you yeah. want to say, like just like towards Hangman, just because like they don't like the Elite and a little more they're, edge they're to them, annoyed yeah. at him. Yeah, they have the edge. And, like, I like all the previous storylines being referenced here, and, and, like, I think that works really well. I like that the Blackpool Leafy is kind of spurring off in multiple directions, because you have the Eddie Mox Claudio issue, you have the Hangman and Dark Order history, you have Omega and Kalos' feud, and that also involves Takeshita, and then the Faction War is kind of the center of all of this, mm-hmm. right? It's kind of like all this, like, it's cool that this is all, like, somewhat interconnected, so that's really interesting. It is. And then, like, something to remember is that Blackpool, when they initially started becoming bully heels i think after mox and hangman's feud they were targeting the dark order like they took them out week after week so let's not forget that's how this started yep and that kind of turned to the elite eventually right because they it spilled out into because remember dark order and hangman so they they were fighting together and then hangman was like oh i'm gonna help the elite and so it it really does work yep it even works like connected to this and they so they were the elite got in because it was spilling in that the three-way trios to nitpick this i feel like you could have had this like the payoff so fast right it was like here's the segment and then here's the match i feel like you could build yeah i mean maybe, drag it out maybe a bit they could more, come back but, to it or something yeah i don't know and but i and liked it i do like at least any acknowledgement of it and it makes me sense too. to me 
And then we get Jericho and Guevara interview. The one appearance from Jericho on the show. My notes are question mark, question mark underneath. So I don't know what I was doing, but you're going to remind me of it now. Was when this you... when you were making the pizza? Maybe. What? No, that was mom. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I was just like, didn't feel like I'd maybe I, uh, my assumption is I didn't have a strong opinion, so I didn't put anything. But let's hear you your don't recap. even have your opinion. No, I have nothing. I have literally two question marks underneath it. <laughs> so once you recap it, I might. Uh, have... Renee talks to about the their main event against Sting and Darby. Uh, Jericho talks about Sting and himself being in the ring together for the first time in Forbidden Door. Uh, he says it was, it's poetic this match being on TBS and being commentated by Shivani like it should have been so many years ago. Uh, he says Sting wanted more time with him, but now it's his nightmare because he's facing the pain maker. And Jericho looked Ugh. deep inside himself, something else, blah, blah, blah. Pain maker spiel. I don't care. I think um, maybe that's why. Because I was just like, I don't. The pain maker, is it a draw for anybody? It's not for us. Yeah, so this is fine. I don't love making Jericho for Sting such a big deal when they're both so old now. I just don't care. It's probably more of a me issue than anything. I just don't give a crap at all. Uh, all the paymaker spiel here was so lame too like who the hell cares about the paymaker crap honestly quit acting like it's some demon baller or fiend alter ego type stuff it's jericho in slight pain and wears all black clothes and he wears a shirt wow and it's just hard because he's so like comedic and whatever whatever it's just not believable so that he just i might mention it later but in case i forget like the annoying the more annoying thing to me was also the commentary keep referring to him as like jericho sorry pain maker like <laughs> that was annoying that annoying because like it was let's not it's not even like demon balor or fiend where you put some effort to look different or like mankind and dude love and cactus jack where those are distinctly different things right like this is just him wearing slight paint and darker like his entrance is like slightly different. he still uses judas yeah like he still is floyd he's still like it's pretty much the same just slightly darker it's like i don't like it's it's like it should be a nickname thing but like they treat it like it's some alter ego when it's not. It's not. It's not. And like, I hated their hesitation to call him Jericho because it's it's clear it's it is Jericho. It's, it's not a, like you have to call him pain. They it don't just, have to dumb. go to their way to correct themselves. It's that's just for dumb. Sure. I, it was just annoying. This was kind of like that. So I didn't really care about this at all. Yeah, me I didn't either. really like it. And obviously, you had deep, not deep, deep, not a lot of thoughts. intense thoughts about it. None. Yeah. Um. Next we get Dark Order's Hung Bucks. Um. And so I, I wrote, um, almost guaranteed to outshine the other trio in this match we just got. Weird card placement now that I think about it. Oh, well. Yeah. Because kind of back-to-back trios matches. And the previous one was underwhelming for me. Yeah. Um, and so I, a little tidbit from like kind of when the match is about to start. I like that um, Dark Order were being kind of petty, like, um, yeah, go on when I was, because like, so um, like Hangman and Bucks came in, they usually do the group pose in the ring and like Hangman's kind of hesitant because he's like, I, for whatever reason, because, you know, Hangman's Hangman. Um, it's a complicated guy. Yeah, and so Dark Order's like, and he's like, kind of saying he looks, and then they're like, the, they're like yeah, no, no, go on, do do your thing. Like, yeah. and I, I like kind of mean like kind of petty like that. Um, and so I, I like that dynamic. I just like, I really enjoyed Dark Order's kind of attitude here. It was, it was cool. Yeah, I thought it came across like they were hurt. Like, I really got it from Uno and I think Reynolds the most that it was like they're mad at Hangman, right? And yeah, it like came it, across. like, it's like and it, for a guy in a mask to get that across is good yeah i added some like and so yeah it kind of led to those kind of heelish tendencies there but like it doesn't feel heelish because you understand they're justified the, their they're, point of view exactly that yeah. i think i wrote that in my match thoughts as well like they are justified mm-hmm. um so i yeah i really liked it and yeah like they're kind of hurt and they're kind of angry about it and like so they're being kind of like I don't know if petty is the right word, but like you know what i mean and like, just because page hurt his friend's feeling doesn't mean he's automatically a heel Right. It's right. those subtleties that I like. Whereas in WWE, they go, our fans are idiots. They're basically eight year olds. We have to make it clear. He just hurt someone's feeling. He's a bad guy. Well, and it's like 
every team split has to have like a face heal dynamic. Right. Like, Whereas this is like toxic attraction split. One of them has to turn face, you know, and like yes. I can only assume when damage control is splitting because I've seen that like EO is going to turn face, for example, something sure. like that. But like here, like Hangman kind of split from the dark or and both of them are still baby faces. Just like they kind of act there's, a little different. There's shades of in gray. conjunction with each other. Yeah, yeah shades, it's not all black and white. Right. right? And Stu Grayson not being involved kind of sucks because. He's awesome. Stu Canadian. Is awesome, but yeah, and he's Canadian. But Heck yes. Righteous is weird. Him and DLP. That mm-hmm. was Canada versus Canada. Sorry, That's go true. ahead. That's true. It was indeed. And I guess with the Righteous gets an ROH representation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So Hangman was saying Reynolds, uh, we don't have to do this. Um, that which I I, I like all like the vocal bits in this match. Um, and the Bucks get Nick to start the match instead, which I thought was kind of cool. Because mm-hmm. the Bucks are really on, obviously. Like. Between the Hangman, um, I think I, I guess it, that's the only real thing is the Hangman Omega feud from twenty twenty one Dark Order were like, let, let's not forget that sweet the Survivor Series style match they had at Fighter Fest remember with fun. the one of my the Dark Order entrance with Hangman that's probably one of my favorite entrances of all time yeah it was fun is the where they're all coming on the Hangman had like the slightly different theme yep it's the other one it's by the same guy so it was like it's like an altered version of his usual the Ghost Town Triumph not like when he changed his theme and remember it sucked hard and I hated it yes for one it week it was like a good yeah that was like a couple of, I think he only used that theme when they when he came with the anyways that was awesome it's honestly gonna be weird like cause I go back and watch the entrance sometimes I have the clip saved on Instagram but like it's probably weird now because like probably I don't know, but it's it's still, I love the entrance anyways like the the it makes sense for like the Bucks are going hard against them and Hangman's kind of like Hangman's out of the match for the a most lot part. Yeah. yeah he's conflicted um, here a bit um there was like when Hangman did tag in there's some holds and counters between Hangman and Silver and so like get him in a rear waist lock and Silver backed him off with like a heavy back elbow just like didn't hold back and you can see Hangman kind of like it looked pretty heavy and then Hangman tags out because uh, he didn't he still doesn't really want to fight Silver so. Uh, Matt Jackson gets the tag in. Uh, Uno faces off with Matt. He took a cheap shot, Hangman. So like you said, like Uno's kind of like taking pot shots at him. Like mm-hmm. he's not letting it go. Which I, I I like the dynamic here. Um, Bucks hit some tag offense on Dark Order. They hit that gutbuster backbreaker thing to Reynolds, which I really love. Classic Bucks. Um, Hangman drops from the apron briefly. Will the Bucks take care of Dark Order? Like he, I th- I thought it would like was sound like he was gonna leave, but like he didn't. So like, yeah, it looked like he dropped off the classic, like drop off the apron, walk up the ramp, but then he I just thought... kind of went back around the other corner. Yeah, I thought leaving would be kind of weird. Yeah, me like, too. Like that, that would be a little much because obviously to still leave want... your friends three on two, right? Yeah, like you like leave your friends to like he he just keeps leaving his friends like right <laughs> in, in different scenarios. Uh, Matt gets Hangman tag him still re- still reluctant. He tags out to Nick uh, as we go into commercial break. Matt goes to Buckle Bomb Reynolds and Nixon Zagiri, you know, the classic Buck spot. But um Buck shot Buck spot and so Buck shot. Yep. Nice. Uh but Reynolds counters with Hurricane Rana, so uh Matt goes face first and in the in Zagiri. Uno gets a hot tag, once again got a cheap shot to Hangman in there. Uno hit Nick with a power driver for two, Hangman breaks the pin. Uno taunt kinda goads Hangman to hit him, uh, and taunts him. And Hangman turns away, but Uno slaps him. Now Hangman tags in. He and Uno go at it for a little bit. Uh Uno hit a cannonball off the apron to Matt later on. Uh, Silver Reynolds hit Hangman with their signature combo flurry for a near fall, which is pretty cool. It was Who awesome. Who would have thunk? Always would happy to see, see that. That. Mm-hmm. that is pretty weird. Uh, Nick hit Uno with the slingshot X Factor and then flipped on the apron, hit the hit Reynolds with the moonsault. Love that combination. Uh, Hangman hesitated with the buckshot to Silver or Silver. I forgot the L, I guess. Uh, as the Bucks take out Uno and Reynolds uh, with suicide dives, and uh, Silver counters the buckshot with a uh, Hurricane Rana, mm-hmm. and then he he hits like a com- uh sorry a flurry of kicks and goes for a brainbuster, but Hangman hits a dead eye, 
Then we get B2 Trigger to Silver, then a reluctant Buckshot Lair from Hangman for the win. And not too long after, Black Bull come in with a chair and a screwdriver <laughs> and attack the Hung Bucks um, after a bit of a stare with the Dark Order. And Dark Order contempt to watch, and they proceed to exit the ring as Uno says, you chose your friends, which I really yeah. like that. Uh, Black Bull continued the beating, and Takeshi joins in as well, looking sick as hell in a leather jacket because <laughs> uh, he just likes to look cool, I guess. And he's like, I look cooler than everybody else. Yep. Uh, Kingston goes for the save, gets beat down by Claudio and Yuta. Dark Order watching the ramp as Mox bloodies Hangman. Hangman's kind of looking on. Uh, Mox says it's about time they finish this. And unlike the Jazz feud, I'm okay if they don't finish this, but I feel like it's probably appropriate to finish it soon. Um, and they push each other to their limits, and now they have to go past the limit and basically blood and guts. Uh, blood and July guts. July 19th. Right. Yeah, I thought this was a fun trios match. Like, obviously results never in doubt, but you, the underlying Dark Order Hangman stuff kept it from feeling random, right? And there was lots of... Just cool little things going on with uh, the dynamic there because, again, Hangman is, like, a complex enough character to probably be like, be like yeah, Dark, or- Dark Order's not wrong, right? Like, I really didn't make any attempt. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's insightful enough that he might actually think that, so him being a little reluctant was good, and then Uno taking liberties was good. Reynolds and Silver got their little pet sequence that we both really like. Um, yeah, that, their uh, flurry is really good. Cool. And I thought Silver got a really good near fall, right, on page. Um, so I, the aftermath was totally fine, too. It's a, it makes sense for Blackpool, and it, it gives Dark Order that opportunity to be like, yep, the final kind of screw you is we're going to let you, you. You made your choice. We're out of here, right? Yeah. Because I'm sure they don't want to mess with Blackpool either, right? So I thought this was like a really fun mid-show trios match. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if Kenny will come back and then I guess like I because then it would be the four elite guys and probably Eddie. Yes. would be kind of lame because I want a Bushi. You do want a Bushi. Like it's I feel like I feel doesn't like feel we, like it's happening. I feel like we probably won't get a Bushi so it'll probably be elite in Blackpool or sorry no elite in Kingston versus Blackpool and Takeshita but Blackpool and Takeshita would need another guy because Brian's probably not back. I doubt it. Me too. Uh, so I don't know who they could get. Or you do Hung Bucks and Eddie. Because it depends if Kenny comes back. And I'm going to assume he does. Yeah. Because like, then, I don't know. I feel like you kind of need to have the whole elite in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and so, like, I guess you could find, I don't know who they could find. but Somebody. Yeah. Anyways. Um, trying to first think of, off. Who was I thinking that was going to join Callus? Oh. I, oh, you, I remember. Uh, oh, crap. No, I you told me, and, and I was I, like, I like that, and then we forgot. It might come to me. You Who, keep going. Oh, God, no, but now I'm annoyed because it was it was a really it was a it was good a decent one, idea, too. and I, I I think it was someone I like. Um, uh, it was who was it? Was I it? Don't know. It wasn't Jungle Boy. No. Why did I think it was Jungle Boy? Or was it? No. no. Yeah. No. Maybe. No, I, I don't, don't know. know. But who? God damn it! Not uh, now. I'm annoyed. It was like maybe it was Jungle Boy. No, and then Callus could talk for him. Was that my? Yeah. Well, it sounds like something that could work, but I does it doesn't sound like what you said. Me either. Anyways, okay, keep going. Keep, keep thinking about I that. Will. It might I'm... come to me as you're saying stuff. Okay. Uh, yeah. So first off, Takesha looked super cool in the leather jacket. He did. Just thought I'd mention that. Um, back to the point. Um, I thought it was a pretty sweet TV match. The action was a lot better than the other trios match, and it was a lot cleaner. And also, I really enjoyed the story they had going on here. Um. Hangman be reluctant to fight them and not wanting to and kind of like being like kind of not trying not to like fight them even though like he kind of wronged them. Uh, it kind of brought me back to the vulnerable and like 
down hangman that we got a while ago when he was with the dark or like kind of brought me back to like brooding you know, the brooding hangman anxious millennial cowboy kind <laughs> right of stuff you know yeah um and so yeah i like that and i like how dark were kind of like not heelish but like had the edge to them and you can totally understand their point of view so i like i like their attitude and i like uh them wanting to fight and feeling wronged and also leaving hangman to get beat down make totally makes sense to me post match was saw black will advancing again Takesha looks cool again um i don't know if i mentioned that uh bl- blood and guts is expected i'm looking forward to that it just remains to be seen how the teams will shake out fingers crossed for ibushi uh, anyways, this match was good and entertaining to a solid job of furthering everything along. Get it yet? Was it Ibushi? No. It was not Ibushi. I don't know. Uh, I'm, now I'm annoyed. Anyways, keep going. I don't know, but like... Uh, We're already at an hour and a half here. Um, no again, own hard turning package. Basically, just anyone other than Samoa Joe and Punk say things. It doesn't really matter. It was just solid to hype up all the turning matches. It's all in collision, so you might have to check it out. Um... So yeah, I like the package, well. and you know what? I saw John from the John report. He had made a really good point, and I think I copy and pasted this from him. A Cana- a company that has Canadian wrestlers that named a tournament after a Canadian wrestler ends up having no Canadian wrestlers in the men's and women's tournaments, with most of the shows taking place in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Very good point, John. Right? That's pretty funny. Not that one. that got like the same vibe as the. That World Cup tournament they did in 2018 that Shane McMahon won with, and was everyone nobody, was American. Right. Or, Very except similar. Except for, no, wait, no, Nakamura was in a qualifying match, my mistake. But yeah, like even Rey Mysterio is like, he's pretty American. So it's like, that's funny. Oh, that's interesting, eh? <laughs> okay, keep now going. Now I'm kind of disappointed in AEW. <laughs> uh, next we get Cole and Roddy in the parking lot. Uh, Roddy says he can't trust MJF. Cole says he knows MJF is a maniac and he's just playing along. MJF comes in and says, hey to Roddy, generic white guy, as he that refers to him as. That was really funny. Uh, he says it's bad enough that he has to wrestle every week and he doesn't want to spend the night at a wrestling show. So he says, let's get the hell out of here. Cole wishes Roddy good luck with Joe and leaves with MJF. Um, but then Cole made some reference to like, he won't watch this. So they're like acknowledging like that he, he could just go and watch the show and hear Cole admit, like, I'm just yeah, messing with him. Like, I wouldn't, like, I guess, like, yeah, that, that line explains it, but I wouldn't peg MJF as a guy who watches Dynamite anyways, just based on how yeah. his character is, so that, that's fine. Um, and, yeah, the, when he insulted Roddy, was calling him a generic white guy. It was, that was really funny. It was so mean, yet kind of true. Yes. It's not, funny and sad. It's not, it's not totally off base. I guess, like, some people in the tournament would be, like, I guess you could argue, like, some people fit the Owen Hart, but, like, I don't see anyone in the tournament that's particularly akin to owen hart either no the closest you could get is maybe roddy and even then i don't know how similar he is because um, owen flew more yeah like roddy's probably kind of similar samoa joe is definitely not like owen hart at all uh i can't imagine seeing punk is and well satoshi kojima is such a great wrestler that like i think he's <laughs> probably the most like owen hart but he's out here so he doesn't count um I can't say Hobbs and Owen Hart share a lot of similarities. I'm pretty sure Owen Hart was a, think so. a smaller white white guy. He was. Um, Can't confirm. I Dustin Rhodes, no, because Owen Hart was never that old. I can say that because he's not alive. That's so true. It makes That's sense. That's dark. Thank you. Well, no, oh wait, you forgot to mention the Chris Benoit shirt. And did you know that was apparently like the anniversary of the stuff happening? It's to just make about, it even more tasteless. Ra- we're right about that time. Yeah, it was. It, with, what did the shirt say? Better father than <laughs> better Chris, father than Chris, Chris Benoit. Benoit which that is pretty dark. That is funny dark here. That's like that's really dark. Yep. That's pretty bad. Um, and I don't think Ricky Starks or Juice Robinson are much like him either. No. And um, yeah, I think that's it. 
Okay, keep going. Uh-huh. Um, okay, all right. Uh, next, we hear from uh, Hyde from That 70s Show. We do. Which, I sorry, I meant, I meant Jungle Boy, Jack Perry. Uh, you came into the Tarzan uh, Boy song still. Um, for the last time, though, yeah, he I says. So. I'm interested to hear how you felt about this, actually, because we didn't talk about mm-hmm. it. Um, and so, yeah, you got the fans to turn that off, and so we won't ever hear it again. I trashed the fans for being stuck here with wildfires. Canada reference. Uh, and he's going to get a car to the airport. I said that he's still young, cashing fat checks, and, I, and banging the hottest B word in this entire place. And I thought he was saying cashing fat chicks. And so, like I told you, <laughs> that's this, I fun thought into was, a. I thought that was funny because. Mike Awesome. Mike Awesome. Yeah, because I thought he was like, we're bringing back the fat chick thriller. And, um, and then, obviously, because he looks like. Uh, Hide, hide from that seventy show. So you, meant, you mentioned uh, Awesome's so other gimmick, that seventies guy, and I was saying we could have a hybrid of that, or a hide hybrid, if you want Ooh. to call it that. Thank you. Uh, and I was thinking his gimmick should be like screw the Dazzle, like he should be because if because Anna J shirts like it's it's obviously censored because like there's like the peach emoji on there, but it's like fat ass bad attitude. Right. So I was saying he should be the fat ass chick thriller, where he just like thick, thick girls, like but thick with like a double C. Like, you know how Bronson like, was thick boy? Like, like Willow. Thing? Like Willow. Like, exactly. He would be interested in Willow. He's the fat-ass chick thriller. Right. I'm going to start calling that, if I remember. I'm probably going to People forget. love Willow. Yeah, she's pretty good. But she, no, okay, with none. Yeah. They think no. she's very attractive as well. Uh, I'm not calling her ugly, but I'd, I wouldn't <laughs> follow that thread. Um, so, uh, Jack wanted to and ask Toronto a question, uh, but it's Hamilton. Oh, so the fans. Close. Oh, did he get it? Okay, I don't remember. Maybe that, that was unintentional he, heel work. Maybe it was intended. Or intentional. I don't know. That's what I'm wondering. Uh, Jack wondered if he turned on Hook or if Hook turned on him. Uh, he whined about losing out on two world championships or being screwed, if you want to call it that. Well, Hook dangled his championship in his face, which, if you, what there you, you said was true, maybe literal, which I would enjoy very much. Yep. Uh, Jack said the FCW title isn't even real. It isn't even recognized by this uh, company. And I remember the Taz segment from like the, the Mick era. And and what did I oh yeah, it stands for fake title what up. Um Jack called Hook a fraud and Jack claimed Jungle Hook was special because of him. Um Jack used to be a tag team champion when he was in a team and Hook was lucky to stand next to him. Uh Jack why I keep saying my own name. Uh he you said too. he knows what th- that title means to Hook and his family, and he looked at Taz at the commentary table and he said he wants to take the title from Hook. And when he gets his hands on him, he's going to beat the crap out of him. Then Hook comes down, chases Jungle Boy off, runs after him. And Taz says, Hook's going to kick his ass. Uh, yeah, I didn't like this. I thought this was a really, like... Really? One of the most generic, like, heel turn. First of all, the, like, leather jacket and sunglasses as your heel uniform is so, like, I'd... cliched. Um, but I just, thought he sounded okay. Just... I just thought it was really generic. I thought he sounded okay at times, and then sometimes he didn't. Um, I don't know. I thought this was just like heel 101, basically, right? And I, I was hoping for something a little more interesting than this. This was all very super yeah, generic I could, to I me. could see that, yeah. And I thought his delivery was only okay at times. And I, it's a weird situation, because I think he has to beat Hook, right? Yeah. And Hook has I think it was a solid lost. first spray, and... Yeah, I I feel like he does have to. Be I thought hooked. this was weak. I think I thought it was okay. Yeah, I thought um, you might be different. And I feel like he could beat Hook because I think Hook. I is, think he has oh, to. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I think like realistically, I think he could. I think Hook is kind of due for a loss now. Like he's not as hot as he was, so I don't think it 
it's as important. And like, and I think Jungle Boy needs a win work to solidify the heel turn, and then also you could get rid of the stupid fake belt that no one cares about. Yep. It's not even like Hook's defending it, because you know, remember sometimes they have the phony defenses. Like yeah. he's not even defending it. Let's no. be honest, and it doesn't matter. You know how I know I was getting tired at this point. My notes start to get like short and snide a little bit. My notes as we go on here. Oh uh, yeah, the only issue I had was kind of like he's justifying the turn on like a fake title, which like he can want to take a hook for the same reasons like for dangling a fake title. But I don't know why Jungle Boy wants it. Yeah, but I guess just to take it from Hook, like, it's kind of weird to me, but that's okay. Um. I mean, like, hopefully he takes it, and then, like, we can get rid of the title. Um, I thought it was solid. Um, he's still got some work to do, I think. I agree. Quite a bit. But I, whatever. He's probably never been a heel before, so yeah. I'm not, like, saying there's no chance. I just thought this was very, very, very basic stuff. Yeah. Uh, next we have Ruby Soho versus Alexia Nicole, uh, Ontario's own. <laughs> so my notes, Ruby Soho versus Canadian Girl. Like, I couldn't even... <laughs> I do recognize the name, actually. Yeah. Um, back heel trip and a ground and pound from Soho. Parasite a suplexes, but she pulls her up from the pin early. Then does the lock draw to mock Baker because Baker's six or she's out this time. Uh, and so we they yeah, they were supposed to get Baker and Soho, but they didn't. So yeah, uh, Ruby wins with the lock draw. She talk she has a bit of a promo after. Um, it it's not really much. She's just saying like she knows who she is now. On like their first match, uh, Baker is sick like Cole was. Uh, they're gonna weak kids because of this germy town in yeah. Canada. Blah blah Outcasts, blah. Outcasts uh, have taken everything from her, and next week she'll take her opportunity to win the tournament again and leave her with nothing. Something like leave that. Leave her with what you are, nothing. Nothing. Uh yeah. So it was a fine squash match. It's just slightly interesting because I've seen the jobber, or so I, I know who the jobber is. Um, I don't think we've seen her in person, but I've seen her advertise for stuff, and I do recognize her. I feel like she was in PWI before, but that was fine. That was neat because of Ontario. Uh, it sucks that for them that they don't get uh, Baker and uh, Soho, but that's, I guess, at least one of the local people gets a spotlight then. Um, and then I guess we'll get the match next week, which should be good. I thought the promo was actually really good. I was very impressed. With, I know that sounds crazy, but I thought I kind of, she was engaging enough that I forgot she was part of this annoying group and this annoying angle. And just thought that she didn't yeah. really... I like the callback to their... Because like that it, was her first feud when she came if in. If it's right? just a heel cutting a promo on, on Britt Baker without thinking about any of the stuff around it that I really can't stand, I thought she did really, really well. And I was like maybe the best Ruby Soho promo I've heard. So uh, I thought that was good. Uh, it's just too bad it's attached to this never-ending angle that I don't really care about, right? Mm -hmm. But I thought she performed really well there. Mm -hmm. I was happy. Um, you want another good promo? What? Uh, next to QTV uh, speaking. Oh, and then they, they quickly did the, which I was glad to see, they did the highlight of Rampage with Caster. Um, Bowens. Or sorry, Bowens telling What's-Her-Face that he's gay. And then, like, the crowd, wrestling's come a long way. Like, the crowd is chanting, he's gay positively, which yeah. is amazing, right? Like, when you think about the stuff I lived through, the Attitude Era and Billy other and things, Chuck. how bad all of that stuff was, to yeah. have this chant be a positive thing in 2023 is... Good for wrestling fans, right? Progressive people, it seems. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was cool. It was a cool um, moment. And then we get John Morrison speaking to me. We do. And I have some... To my face. Yeah, I have some brief thoughts on that. On my that. TV, where my face is looking at it with my eyeballs. <laughs> my notes say QTV with Johnny Mundo, because I'm apparently regressing to Lucha <laughs> Underground for him. It's Johnny TV, okay? And then, yes, what does uh, he QT say? QT Marshall says last Wednesday. It was Friday because Rampage. I guess he's not that smart. No, he's Or not. he's thinking in tape speak because they probably taped it on Wednesday. So 
Touche. Uh, we saw the debut of Giant TV. Um, I'm going to call him Morrison because Giant TV is a stupid name. Um, at least for now until I get used to it. But, like, because I don't want to come, like, because either I have to call him Johnny or I have to call him TV, you know, because we always shorten into one. So I, that's why I'm, like, calling him Morrison because I don't want, like, TV says, you know what I mean? Uh, Morrison says Giant TV is officially in production. And on Friday, Matt Hardy and Zay, uh, Isaiah Cassidy, uh, right. we'll find out. <laughs> I forgot who that was. Yeah. Uh, they'll, they'll find out uh, they always make hits or something like that. Uh, Harley Cameron does a weird noise like Isaiah Cassidy usually does. And so you were forgetting uh, who she is because she's just I do QTV's. <laughs> she's just QTV's random female person. So I was comparing it to like when Nightmare Collective had Mel B and she was just random. Right. Apparently she Except rapped. Hopefully she doesn't wrestle. She rapped on that segment right before she was hitting on Bowens. I don't want to know. That's what I heard. Anyways. Um. Yes, yeah, so this is whatever. I don't care about QTV whatsoever. Adding John Morrison doesn't exactly entice me. Uh, Giant TV isn't exactly his best or most creative name either. Um, also, it's funny that it's just Matt and Isaiah because Jeff no come to Canada. Correct. Sucka. Uh, my notes say, awful on all fronts. Johnny and Harley sounded awful and this faction needs to go away. I have no problem with Mundo, but he is not needed in AEW. I thought they sounded really bad. Yeah, he can really sound like sometimes really... He's never really somehow gotten good at promos. I like him. He's fine in the ring, but... I don't, he's not needed in this group. I don't need at all. Yeah, I agree completely. And at, at least it appears that Hobbs is out of sight. Right. Hopefully, get that's away from this. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why that was ever. Because he's cool. I think Hobbs is cool. Um, next, we got uh, Sting and Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry, sorry. Sorry, sorry. My mistake. Painmaker. I wrote Painmaker Jericho here. I apologize. Um, so some notables from the match uh darby won right after sammy in the broadside allowing sting and jericho sorry Painmaker. i expected you for uh, spite to, to call him every name he's known by other than Painmaker. like you go through okay. jericho and lionheart right, and all right let's do that i'll do that starting now <laughs> out of spite all right let's uh, i that i wish i'd thought of but now we're gonna do that because he has a lot of names to go I, by right? i'll i'll i will i'll dig as you would have put in work on this if you thought i'll do it. it i'll do it right now <laughs> all right, starting now uh okay so then we get a baseball bat duel um okay i'm gonna i have to like do this without okay i got it uh well i can do the first one normally um coffin splash followed by a stinger splash to jericho in the corner um y2j and sammy send darby into the stairs uh they move near the barricade so darby does the thing where he like flips over the chest and he, he crazy back off the bar- like i i i love that 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 looks pretty and nuts. he like, like live is so fast like yeah. from the angle we were where it's almost bird's eye yeah like he's crazy he's really fast, fast. uh <laughs> okay uh I I got I really gotta think. Okay, I only I got one other. Lionheart's one available. Right? Why not? Okay, I'm dumb. Uh, diving cutter off the barricade from Sammy to Darby as the Ayatollah of Rock and Roll nice. and Sting a brawl in the crowd. Uh, coffin drop to the outside. Uh, to Sammy. Uh, Sting dives off a ladder in the ring to put Sammy through a table with a splash. Um, there were two tables, but naturally only one of them cooperated because. That that's, table that ended up happened. being a problem. Not even for the reason I thought. Well, because it didn't stitch things. It's right? the yeah. one that caught him, but it, because yeah, it was broken. And even the commentary pointed it out. Like I don't know, Taz or whoever was yeah. like, "That table's not gonna, you know, like he should yeah. get a new table," and he didn't. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There's a skateboard stomp from the top rope to uh, Lionheart's back for two. Um. <laughs> Le Champion. Nice. Uh, throws the ladder at Darby's back a few times um wizard the, the wizard thank you <laughs> counters a springboard coffin drop by hitting darby with a skateboard and then uh he hits a juice effect uh but darby falls out of the ring um chris will go with that lock nice. staying in the walls of Painmaker. 
right? Yeah. We'll do that because it's obviously different. It looked really weak. Um, and Sting is able to grab a bat to hit. Um, I don't know. I oh, crap. Was he the? Things. I don't know. No. Um. Um. I feel like there was something really because remember we had the the code thing and there was like. There was something like that. I don't. I don't. Know. I don't know. I'm no. I'm no. I'm. Oh no! I'm disappointed. Crap. Maybe he doesn't have that many. He does, games. I swear he's got like he's got more than that. Like you should have planned better. The man of a thousand four holds. There you go. Nice. And uh, he escapes. Uh, <laughs> there's still one more. Um, Sting runs for a stinger splash, but I swear there's we gotta have one more. I was thinking of something with the list, but like I don't have one more. Like. The guy with, like, there's some, like, the list was a thing, but I don't really think there's, like, a nickname that applies to that. Me either. Um, the guy with the list hits a code breaker for two. Um, Sting uh, counters a Judas effect and hits a Scorpion Death Drop for two. Uh, Sting counters a code breaker, attempting a Scorpion Death Lock, and submits. We'll just go with Jericho uh, for the win. Uh, I, I guess that's why I didn't do that, because... My two notes on this <laughs> match. Ready? Little kid, sorry, like kids having a lightsaber battle. What was that referring to? The baseball bat. Right, because it looked like they were trying to hit each other's bats, right? Like when you and your brother would light and you don't want to hit each other in the face, so you're just like, anyways. And then my only other one, I don't think you mentioned it. Watch Jericho cut himself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could watch him bleed in the middle of this match. Yeah. Um, I thought, I was like, oh, my God, he's bleeding. I thought this was just okay. Uh, for yeah. me, there wasn't enough wrestling, and it focused on the two guys I don't really want to see <laughs> yeah. out of the four, right? Yeah, um, Sammy especially, I thought, really felt like much. he was dead after the splash spot. So it was mostly just some spots and then a lengthy Jericho Sting sequence. Not a worthy main event. I, I don't need to see Sting doing stuff like this because it's honestly pushing pushing it a little bit, right? Um, especially with him like having to get stitched up after that. Like, he, he smashed he shouldn't his be, face off that. He shouldn't be doing that. Like Of course not. I don't. It like, was pretty far from the ring, right? Like, yeah. It, the, I don't want him doing that because, A, I don't care, and it's not interesting to me. B, he's old, so, like, A, he shouldn't be doing that because it's lame, and right. B, because I'm not trying to get Sting killed here, right? Right. I feel like every spot like this we have, we're one spot closer to disaster. Dude, like, he almost died on a buckle bomb. I'm not a young man, so. and he's, like, 18 years older than me, and I'm not jumping off a ladder through a table. Yeah, exactly. I can't imagine. Right. Like, but anyways, so, yeah, I, don't I didn't love it as a main event. Yeah, it was fine. Man. I'm sure people will love this a lot more than I did, and also you. Um, I wouldn't say it was, like, bad, but I don't think it was great either. Some of the action was solid, just I didn't find there was enough of D- Sammy and Darby. And then, like, it was just, like, it feels like they were just working in between, like, the major spots. Mm-hmm. And, like, Darby's barricade bump and the cutter from Sammy was pretty cool, but the rest of the action was slow. Sting Dive was a high point, air quotes, I guess. Uh, but I don't find that as strong as most people will, I assume. Uh, Jericho and Sting in a match together for an extended period of time wasn't great as I expected. Finish and outcome was predictable, so I can only hope this feud is put the rest after this because who really cares? And hopefully we go back to the Sammy and Jericho issue because they lost here, and Sammy can leave Jazz, and hopefully we never see the Painmaker ever again because who really cares? Yeah, you're right. The Sammy stuff's really been backburnered. Yeah, it kind of like. got pushed Was the it even like this. any tension or anything in this match? I don't no, feel like there not was. not really, because it was mostly just focusing on Sting and Jericho. Right. So, yeah, and like, I, I know the whole like thing where he brings up the Lionheart was kind of weird, but let's be honest, I like that better than the yeah, Painmaker. Me too. At least they don't act like that's a whole alter ego. That's just like him kind of like, quote unquote, going back to his roots, which is fine, but the like, Painmaker's dumb. And it's just like, 
he's silly Jericho in Jazz most of the time. Yeah. And then he's like silly on commentary when I watch Rampage or whatever, yeah. right? And Which then it's I, like, I like. I'm not saying it's bad. But like, no, but it's just a stark contrast. It doesn't well, and work it's like, me. it doesn't even feel that serious either. It's just he's like wearing darker stuff and he's got right. slight face. It's just dumb. Um, overall, this show, the opener was by far my match of the night. So I liked that quite a bit. Um, disappointing triple threat or, or trios, I guess, with Cassidy, Vikingo, Lee. I didn't really love that. Elite Dark Order was fun. Women's match was kind of nothing, right? And then the main event. So disappointing in-ring show. I, I like the MJF Cole stuff. Um, most of the segments kept my interest. Nothing was absolutely amazing. The Jungle Boy turn was disappointing, but then Ruby Soho surprisingly kind of made up for it with, <laughs> I thought, a really good promo. This feels like a B-minus show to me. The the in-ring stuff wasn't good enough for it to be higher than that, but I, I did like the show. It, it was entertaining, but um, not one of their stronger ones, so a mm -hmm. B-minus for me. All right. Um, yeah, so I would say, like, it was kind of a mixed bag of show, because there's some things, like you were saying, that were really good, and then some things that weren't great. I think the opener was really, that that was really good. I think, like, it obviously isn't really a main event match, but just based on match strength alone, I would put it as a main event, just because, like, mm -hmm. it was better. No, I'm not saying it really is a main event match, but just from how I like things. Same. Obviously, I like it a lot better. Um, I liked any of the MJF and I'm cool bits. I thought both of those were really entertaining and I'm looking forward to more of that because just and it was really entertaining. I I like that. Um I like all of John and uh Eddie's issues. Like I like yep. all of those squabbles. I think those those were really nice. That was really nice and realistic. Um the first trios match was okay. It uh it was a little underwhelming because of the issues, but I think it was still solid. Um I like all the Hung Bucks uh Dark Order business and that match was really nice as well. Um Jericho and Guevara were eh. Um, the post match stuff from the Hung Bucks match was um okay. Or sorry, no, it was it was solid, yeah. Um, and Blood and Guts should be good. Um, Owen Hart stuff was fine. Um, Jungle Boy I thought it was okay. I don't think it was as bad as you thought. But I don't. Bad. I do. I do. <laughs> I do definitely think he needs work, and hopefully, because because I want to like it. Yeah, I, I think it, he has potential, and so I hope he improves. Cause I I want to like it for sure. Uh, Soho versus the squash was fine. Um, her promo was pretty solid. QTV no paint maker match, nah, that was okay. Um, yeah, I'd give it a B minus as well. Like um, little bit of a lackluster follow from Forbidden but yep, um, I think so too. Uh, it's just you can't. What are you gonna do after Osprey and Omega? Right. All right. Well, that's gonna wrap up our AEW talk for the week, and we'll take a little break from recapping stuff and see what uh, AI has trivia for you this week on what we call "Off the Top of His Head." All right. So this week, um, hoping this works. Uh, the prompt. I like to read you my exact prompt. Prompt. Sorry. Or where is it? 15 multiple choice questions with answers about the best WWE money in the bank cash-ins. So we're on the money Seth in the bank Rollins. theme. Okay. Who holds, and I, I see, we may have to fact check some of these. We'll see. Who holds the record for the shortest time in between winning money in the bank and cashing it in? Kane. Are it's you confident Kane. in that? Wait, are we doing men or women? Uh, I, this one is men's. I think Kane's Kane. not even an option. Well, I think he had 50 minutes. So they're saying Seth Rollins. Wait. Sorry. Read the question again. Shortest time between winning and cashing in. That is so wrong. Okay, that's so good. I'm glad you no, know because I don't. It's allowed to be. That wrong. would imply he cashes in on the same show, correct? I would think so. He literally, he held it until Mania like the next year, so he's probably got one of the longer times. <laughs> of with course. Money bank, nice work, AI. That's why I thought King, because I think 
I've seen the stats. It's he's had like 50 minutes or something, which you would think would be that. Uh, that makes sense to me. Which WWE superstar successfully cashed in Money in the Bank contract at WrestleMania 31? Seth Rollins. I just mentioned. I swear to God. Sheamus, you're wrong. No. <laughs> no. No. I think these are going to be really wrong. Who became the first wrestler to fail in their Money in the Bank cash-in attempt? I know this. It was Cena. So I thought, I think you're right. I know Sandow is who they're saying. I know he failed too. He was the year after. But Cena was first, right? Yeah, Cena was first. Who okay. Saying? I believe you. What, what, who did they say? They said Sandow. No. Which was... I know he lost, but he wasn't the first, yeah. I don't think. No, he was the second. Which Money in the Bank cash-in took place at WrestleMania 20? Wait, Not. wait, read it again just to make Which sure. Which Money in the Bank cash-in took place at WrestleMania 20? Okay, so there's two things wrong with this. All right, go ahead. First off, one, Seth Rollins was the first to cash in at Mania, and he's the only person to cash in at Mania, and that was at Mania 31. So that rules that out. So and it's not Edge is what you're saying. No. <laughs> and here's the second reason why it's wrong. The first Money in the Bank ladder match was at WrestleMania 21. <laughs> awesome. Love so it. Super it, wrong. Money in the Bank didn't even exist at this point, Beautiful. and Edge cashed in in 2006. So he wouldn't even have cashed in at Mania 21 if you want to go there. Wow. All right. Who did CM Punk cash in his Money in the Bank contract against? Uh, there's two answers. It's either Edge or Jeff Hardy because he's cashing on both of them. So either answer is correct. So their options were there, but they said it's Cena. So you're no. wrong again. It was Edge, and I think Jeff Hardy was the second one. So I think in order, it's Edge and Jeff Hardy. Who has, well, here you go. Who's cashed in the Money in the Bank contract twice? Edge, Punk, and Miz. If you wanted to ca- <laughs> cash ins, they have. They said Seth Rollins. No. And Edge, Punk, and Miz are not even on the list of available They've options. Because Punk actually <laughs> won it twice, right? Obviously. Yes. And Edge, remember, he, he took Kennedy's briefcase because he was injured, but they right. misjudged it. And then Miz took Otis's briefcase. So, right. I'm right. But they, they cashed it in twice, yes? Okay. Yeah. All right. And Punk actually won it twice. Which superstar held the Money in the Bank contract the longest time before cashing it in? Rollins. Yeah, it doesn't sound like you know. It's Big Show, but maybe not. Wait, they are saying Big Show won yeah. Money in the Bank? He didn't even win it. <laughs> so they're definitely wrong? They are most definitely wrong. Who became the first female wrestler to win Money in the Bank? Carmella. Hey, ding, ding. I was hoping they would say Rollins had the longest one, so they would contradict their first question. Is that their? Is that. it the first one they got right? Yeah. So it took on question number eight, they got one right. Because they're having a bad week this week. Who successfully cashed in the Money in the Bank contract at WrestleMania 23? No. Nobody? Because remember, Rollins is the first Mania cash in 31, so no one. Rob Van Dam, you're wrong. No, you're okay. Dumb. No, because he wanted to, he cashed in. Remember, he did like the announced cash in and he had the match at one night stand in 2006, the year before this. Which is just terrible strategy mm. to announce when you're going to do it instead of. That was ECW. Who cashed in Money in the Bank contract at WrestleMania 29? No one. <laughs> Dolph Ziggler, you're wrong. No, he cashed in the Raw after, remember? You, you know that one. Who ca- yes, because that was the big one. Who cashed in Money in the Bank contract against Roman Reigns on the same night they won it? Alexa Bliss is one of the options. You want to hear your options? Yeah. Alexa Bliss, Baron Corbin, Otis, Braun Strowman. None of those are right. Baron Corbin. No, because he cashed in Jinder Mahal. Not on the same night, Andy failed. I was thinking, because at first I thought they meant Rollins, because he cashed in on Lesnar when those were champions of three, and obviously pinned Roman. But then I thought they might have meant Ambrose and got it slightly wrong, because he cashed in on the same night. But he beat Rollins, who beat Reigns for the title. Right. But uh, they were completely off. So I, they weren't even like close. Love it. I think this will be another easy one. Which Money in the Bank cash-in took place at WrestleMania 22? No. None. 
Mm-hmm. It was, they, they didn't. But it was Edge. <laughs> it didn't. No. Who cashed in Money in the Bank contract at WrestleMania 31? Rollins. Correct. Hey, two. I they're, swear they mentioned that already. Two so for I don't, 13. I feel like they're going back. Who became the first female wrestler to successfully cash in? Carmella. Not even an option. You're wrong. So, oh. she, so according to Chad GBT, she won the first one, but she didn't cash in. Alexa Bliss. She's the second, but sure. Okay. Who cat? Last one. Who cashed in Money in the Bank contract at WrestleMania 26? Nobody. Is that the answer? No one. It's not The Miz or Jack Swagger or Alberto Del Rio. Jack Swagger won it, but he didn't cash in. All right. Well, ChatGPT had a re- bad week. Yeah. Like maybe two out of 15. I'm hoping like, oh, so it'll be interesting like, for Money in the Bank. I'm hoping EO doesn't cash in tonight if she wins because I picked her. Did but, you? Yeah. And I'm hoping we have to do that too. This is going to be. So long. I'm hoping whoever wins because the the women always cash in on the same night. All right, let's get moving. So like we'll move into our next segment, looking at the rest of the week's stuff, what we liked and didn't, and what we call high spots and rest holds. All right, so you're taking a pass on Raw. You said nothing you came across that you thought was worthy. Nothing. So I'll move right into NXT, which in a nutshell was a really good show in ring, I thought, with several good matches, including the opener you watched. Some of it, I think, was Stratton and uh, Thea Hale. I don't think I paid attention. I don't think I... I think I was there, but I don't think I paid attention at all. So Stratton retained her championship. She defeated Hale in a pretty good, I thought, 10-minute match that saw... Stratton dominate for stretches, but Thea Hale also got some time because she's mostly trying to like looking for an opportunity to hook in the Kimura that she's been working on with Dempsey and Gulak. So I actually thought this was quite good. We got a visual tap out from Hale's Kimura, but the ref was distracted. And then Hale released the hold and Stratton rolled her up for the win there. Uh, and then you get Dempsey and Gulak after the match are mad at Hale and are kind of. Oh, I yell- remember the finish. That was lame. Yelling at her. So Hudson steps in. They start brawling, but it's numbers game, obviously, until um, Andre Chase makes his triumphant return. Um, and I thought the match was planned out really well. Stratton looked dominant through stretches, impressive offense, and Hale was like the scrappy, energetic youngster who uh, even got like a tap at one point, right, with the ref distracted. Oh, yeah, the, the phantom tap. So entertaining match bodes well for the future because both of these women are still pretty new to this, I think, especially Hale's like 19. And it also furthered the Hale Gulak stuff. And I imagine we're getting a tag team match rate with um, Gulak, Dempsey, and Chase U, I would assume. So yeah, a, a good opener, I thought. Another thing I liked, there was a really cool Dragonov vignette. It was just him talking about choosing to endure pain and all that kind of stuff. Just a more great, believable intensity. He just has the ability to be like an intensity level that I would find cheesy if other people did it works for him somehow, right? So it's really easy to believe that he is this guy. So I liked it. Uh, rest hold was more Dana Brooke. So she's nursing injury from last week. Remember, she was selling the knee to the point of like a oh, fake right. stretchering out sort yeah. of thing. Some rookie comes up. I think it's Colum- oh, I, I saw that and I was like, who is that? So they're both gymnasts. So it's like, oh, you're an inspiration, blah, blah, blah. And when I get better, I'd love I to work with you. I thought it was funny you. that she's inspired by Dana Brooke. Kalani- done nothing of any real name. Kalani note. Jordan. So That's not a notable name. No. Uh I thought pretty decent tag team match, right? We got a nice contrast. You had uh, Malik Blade and Idris and Afe taking on Gallus. So it's like high-flying fast guys against kind of like brawling ground guys like Gallus. So I like that. And you had Angel Garza and Umberto Carrillo watching from like a platform up in the crowd. So you had Stack show up for this one. Obviously, you're assuming he's going to attack Gallus because they're mad at him for snitching on Tony D apparently. 
but then he accidentally, quote unquote, I guess, hits Anafe instead, and then he throws Anafe into the ring to show it, I guess it wasn't an accident, or I'm, I'm mm-hmm. a little confused. Gallus hit their combo finisher for the win after 13 minutes, and I thought this was an entertaining match as well. Um, Blade and Anafe could be a useful babyface team. They need to develop more as characters and stuff, but in ring, they're pretty fun to watch. I feel like if Anafe turned heel, he'd be interesting, because he, he has like a, he's got like, he just, obviously neither of them have the he's character, He's got but some like his, swag, for yeah, sure. Yeah, he's some, got some swag, that's what it is. Um. And so it, we're led to believe here, right, that now, so what's going on? Stax is sort of on the side of Gallus helping them. What's going on? And we'll get more information on that in a bit. Uh, rest hold, I thought, and you, I forgot you were in the room for some of this, was the schism sitting down to discuss the status of their group? Just a lot of stuff I didn't need to hear. I really don't like uh, Ava's delivery of stuff. Yeah, I, I didn't like it A either. little bit. There's something going on there that I really don't like. Anyways, the Creed shows up. Uh, sort of the creeds show up. They don't want schism here anymore, et cetera, et cetera. I like James Drake here. It, I, I refuse yeah. to call He's him. He's speaking Jagger. more than he used to. Seems like he used yeah, to always they, be Gibson. Yeah, they even made like a note, the note that that he didn't in GYV. Right. Uh, so Gacy ends up volunteering the dyad for a loser leaves town match against the creeds to further the tension within uh, schism as well. I guess right. And my notes at this time before spoiling what like looks like the dyad are done. Here's hoping they go somewhere that can be used better than they have been but maybe not right Uh, this segment was just too long ava's not good on the mic and the creeds aren't exactly great either at this point um and then i put a high spot i think because i guess we'll have to see the payoff but have you seen the new tag team they're teasing have you seen this new tag team they're teasing on nxc lucian price and bronco nima oh love love guys so they're talking about their history playing football together uh, and they basically they're not in NXT to play. They're there to dominate. Um, Bronco Nima's got one of those moves, like um, uh, you know the thing MVP does. Yeah. Uh, he I saw a clip of him a months ago of him doing like because he calls himself Big Body G. Yeah. So I know it sounds great. That's character infringement, gimmick mm-hmm. infringement on Javi. But like he he did something like that and it looked really lame but it like he had one of those he has one of those lame kind of moves. i don't know if he still does that but i've seen a clip of that they're one. big dudes and they have good energy so i'm interested to see what we get i'm sure they're super green or whatever but if you ease them in and yeah. you don't focus on them too much yeah, this is are, developmental those are level all. up guys um high spot for me just because personally for me it's axiom denying that he's in a tag team with reggie so he's kind of backstage talking to hank and tank and it's basically like something about you guys could be a great tag team and he's Instead, he says he's drawn to the Heritage Cup, which is a much better fit for Axiom. So just happy that he's not tagging with yeah, Reggie and I for mean, now. Yeah, he's never held it before. So. Right, exactly. Uh, and that leads me to a high spot. I really enjoyed the Heritage Cup match this week. It was Nathan Frazier. I saw a clip of like, so I saw like the end when Dragon Lee was handing him the cup. And so the first thing I see is him holding it. I was like, what? They changed the game right. already? You can't tell who's handing it to who in a still shot, right? Yeah. Um, no, I like, it was like a video, but like the first thing I see is like, the dragon Lee holding the cup so i yeah. just like I, I assumed he won for a second so fraser was accompanied by um leon and dragon lee was accompanied by feroys for whatever reason because they helped them and the or they helped fraser and the other one right I guess. the first round was slow as usual each guy kind of feeling each other out more grappling than you're going to get later on and then in the second round fraser countered a frankensteiner into a pinfall with about a minute left to end that round and then lee hit a sit out power bomb in round four four to even things at one one and the pace starts to pick up right and because each man's now frantically trying to get that final fall and this is when things pick up i i liked it there was um 
It was an odd. Do you, do you remember seeing the botched pinfall count right before the finish? They were trying to say no. Dragon Lee kicked out, but he didn't. I don't think I watched this match. Oh, he didn't? So I don't. He, no, I don't think so. It was like a roll-up. They were. It was attempted pinfalls all over the place, and he didn't kick out of when he was supposed to, and then the pinfall, it was like one more reversal, reversal, and it was over. Really good match. Um, I'm hoping people start to get into these matches. This one was better than previous, I think. Um, these two guys are awesome. They'd be hard-pressed to have a bad match, but I really like how this match built. And I'm just wondering, is like Dar actually hurt? Have you heard anything? You want to look not. that up for me? Um, sure. Because I hope that they come back around to giving him the cup. I thought he was perfect for it. And he just seems to be... I, I think he... I'm convinced he must be hurt. Because they've gone from like multiple times a show he's doing stuff to like not at all now. Other than I guess he had a quick segment on this one. But anyways. Um, something I didn't really like was Gable Stevenson is training Eddie Thorpe ahead of his underground match with Kemp. And so they're doing these cute little jokes hinting that Gable and Kemp are brothers. Something about, like, I know his parents will be there to watch or something. Ha, 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 right? So we don't have any idea who Steveson is at this point as NXT viewers. So why is he worthy of training somebody? Like, the guy hasn't even had a match, but he's training somebody else for a match, right? So that, that's a bit strange. I can't. Um, I, I look, like, I just, they're just talking about his storyline injury. So I'm, so I'm going to keep looking. I'm assuming Gable's going to turn, and then he and Kemp will maybe form, like, yet another brother tag team, I guess, to face the Creeds or something. But anyways, uh, I don't need Steveson. I didn't think this was very good, and I haven't cared about um, I Thorpe yet either. I can't find a confirmation. That's annoying. Weird. Um, rest hold for me was James Kiana James versus Gigi Dolan. Oh, I um, saw the paint thing. Pretty ordinary nine-minute match. So Dolan won with the crucifix bomb. And then, yes, after the match, Kiana James uses her big old purse that, of course, if you're going to use a purse as a weapon, what would you put in it? Cans of paint, mm -hmm. obviously. And she dumps the paint on top of Dolan for a decent visual. It was like bright. I don't know if it's orange and blue or some kind of... Oh, they should have done this in the 2.0 era. That would have been actually funny. Some kind of bright paint. Nothing exciting. Uh, just kind of there, this match. High spot, I like Joe Coffey went to visit Tony D'Angelo in prison. And he basically ends up saying he thinks it's Stax. And D'Angelo refuses to believe it because Stax is so loyal. And then Coffey plays an incriminating audio file of Stax saying that... Um, he's done being the underboss, and there's going to be a new dawn on the streets. Yeah, so yeah, or is it like one of those things where like yeah, kind of misconstrue the words? It sounds like it's him in one consistent flowing thing. It looks sounds real. Um, so I like this. Coffee was cool here. Tony's still a bit of a cartoon character that takes. If he would just dial back the accent like fifteen percent, yeah. I always he could that. play this a little bit straight, but it's too humorous. Uh, and then a high spot. I really like the main event. Um. It was Carmelo Hayes successfully oh, defending his championship against Baron Corbin in what I thought was a very good 17-minute match. Um, Corbin's back to doing the lone wolf for this, which is great. He even had, Much like, they went, like, retro-retro theme, because I thought they would go, like... Yeah. They gave him a new theme, like, some way midway into the main roster run, the I Bring the Darkness, but they went back to the OG NXT theme. And other than missing cool. the stringy hair, he looked like um, previous lone wolf. He had a lone yeah. wolf t-shirt on until he didn't. Um but anyways, which also makes sense because he used to wrestle shirtless more often. Yeah, I think Corbin's kind of methodical style works in NXT. I was telling you, he's so much bigger than the average NXT guy, right? Like any NXT guy that I want pushed is like pretty small, right? So you've got yeah, Mello. Mello's great, but he's Mello, obviously a smaller stature. Mello, Tyler Bate, Axiom. Who else do I love? Dragonov, Fraser, like, even Fraser. All those guys, Dragon Lee, right? So I think. Corbin can be a really effective big man at this level. And he's not like horrible, like and he Dallas has some, you know. he has some cool offensive. I've moves, always liked right? his finisher. Yeah. 
Like the, the deep six he hit here looked amazing in this match. The speed that he spun and the impact on it yeah. looked great. So anyways, Corbin kind of dominates early, including a huge spot where he just hit a big boot on the floor and Carmelo did a complete flip. It looked Does awesome. Does he still do that fake out clothesline thing? Uh, he he didn't the... this match, but okay. I think he did before. I think mm. he still is. I forgot about that. Melo gains momentum. He takes control. And then Corbin hit that deep six and then a cool like choke slam backbreaker as well. And then a powerbomb onto the announce table. So he looked kind of like a monster here. It was good. Uh, apron DDT eventually and the nothing but net from Melo for the win here. I thought a really good match. And I have not been a huge fan of Baron Corbin, but I, I do, he looked like a dominant big man here. Uh, and I didn't think there was any world where Melo was losing, but the match was really good. And I thought Corbin uh, was impressive. Moving to impact quickly. Good opener with a surprise appearance, right? Saban beat Trey Miguel by DQ because who returned? What's his first name? Zachary Wentz. Zachary Wentz runs in to stop a cradle shock from Saban. And then the Rascals beat down Saban until Shelly comes out to make the save. Um, pretty much what you'd expect from these two guys. Good action in a 10-minute opener. Rest hold, uh, Zicky Dice and John, Johnny Swinger stuff. So Dice got certified as a ref, if you remember. So in a BTI match, you obviously quick counted um, to get johnny his first win so he's all excited but then an actual ref came and said we're taking away that win and if you do it again you're getting stripped of and i've already spent too much time it's dumb <laughs> um leo rush returned which i thought i i liked it was not much more than a squash match against the guy i can't remember his name that was in the gut check they said he was a finalist or something Ooh, that's um, a deep cut. i was just happy to see him there and he makes another appearance in a little bit so Remember him and Dante Martin? I kind of thought that he... Yes, I love that team. I thought he was just kind of passing through impact, but it seems like he's going to get a bit of attention here. Uh, I like the Dirty Dango segment again this week. He basically... And I don't know if this is true or not. It sounded like it was. He's saying that he wanted to talk about how Santino Morella's career started. So he's saying that back whenever an OVW... Um, Jim Cornette slapped him across the face because Morella was laughing at the content or whatever or making fun of this. it. I think I want to say it was, I don't know why I think it was Boogeyman related. And so then, no. oh, maybe. Maybe. Because then what he's saying. But I've heard about that. I know I have. What they were saying is you got a contract because they were afraid of a lawsuit off of Cornette slapping you. And that, that that's now led you to this career. And that's now led you to your daughter being involved. Have, and he takes I a shot at her. That, yeah, I think, that, um, I think that's true. So I thought that was kind of interesting. The, my problem, right, is that the payoff looks like I'm getting Dango and Morella. Although we saw Morella live not long ago, and he's in good shape and yeah, can still go. He is so in solid ring shape. It's more interesting than Demore, which we'll get to. <laughs> uh, then I thought there was a strong women's match, right? I texted you to be like, I think I'm actually looking forward to Masha Slamovich, Kylan King. We'll have Masha, and then King's not horrible. I think King's pretty good, right? So Masha, a physical match, um, and Masha wins with the snow snowplow after about eight minutes. Um, so Wild kept getting involved, Taylor Wild and cheating. So eventually Killer Kelly came out and choked Wild with a chain on the ramp, allowing Masha to win. So again, it looks like we're getting Killer Kelly and Masha as a tag team, which I am fine with. If you don't, I think they're both single stars, but if you don't have that in the books right now, then then let's get them on TV in this capacity. I'm fine with this. Um, then there was a high spot I did not expect. I thought a like fantastic, super long scott demore segment so it was good really good like talking about his entire history like who trained him who he's trained he invented Team the canada invented the canadian destroyer did he yes did he actually that's what they're saying multiple people on here like this guy invented it right um i think it was kushida saying like 
basically Kushida was just a wrestling fan and Demore got him a job and whatever, whatever. Like really cool, really, really deep dive into Demore's history. <clears throat> and this whole idea, like, sure, I was never a champion or the main guy on the card, but I was in this industry mm -hmm. grinding. That kind of sounds like the whole the bit that Shelly had where he's like yeah. trained everyone. Now he's like. And he's obviously like, not like world champion. Sure, I was never like a main event player, but I've been, I've grinded out a living in this in this very difficult job for whatever. Again, the only problem is the payoff. I don't want to see it. Like this segment was great, and it's going to get me as close to being interested in a Demore match as you can mm -hmm, at this right. point. But I'm still not. But the segment itself was fantastic. I thought. Uh, Joe Hendry did another video after a pretty good Kenny King Yui Uemura match. King won with the Royal Flush, and then Hendry came out and played um, his newest video, which is about basically that Kenny King dropped off the wrestling match map around 2013. So it had a little timeline of like right. 2012, you're doing this, and then 2017, I think you come back, and it and then it all led to the payoff was that, and it's true, he was off being a stripper, like he was part of the Chippendales, I think, which is like a male stripping group, basically. Um, and the the reaction of the crowd when he first hit the stripper Kenny like refrain the crowd yeah. went bananas for this. So I I, I saw that funny. they posted that again, so I might have to check it out then. And then the final wrestled. I thought the segment to end the show was just far too long, and I feel like they really trusted Nick Aldis to go and be some sort of engaging promo. I thought he was rambling and being a little bit generic here. Um, and he was talking about like he became a champion way faster than Alex Shelley, blah, 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 heel stuff, right? Shelley got yeah, a bit he of was a champion for a while, too. He was. Shelley got a bit of a rebuttal, and then he and Aldis start to fight. Um, Shelley gets run into the post. Sabin comes out to try and stop an Aldis belt shot. And then Leo Rush returns out of nowhere. And um, so the machine guns get beat down, and the heels hold up the belts at the end of the show. So if you have this little co op of. Um, Aldis going after the main belt and Rush going after the X Division and they're going to work together because of that. Like, I'm okay with that. Yeah, uh, that even though I'm not an Aldis fan, I like Leo Rush and them sort of agreeing to help each other out for now. It works for me. Um, I thought Aldis just droned on too long here and it wasn't some of his best heel work, I didn't mm -hmm. think. And I just don't like ending shows with segments unless it's Magnus. a big, big, big deal. Magnus. Yes. So uh, anything from SmackDown, I kind of uh, The only that. thing that I uh, had was, I told you about it, I watched like because they always post, like, when they post about matches, they always post, like, little bits of the matches. Yeah. And it was uh, LA Knight, Butch, and Escobar from SmackDown. So that that was, uh, I only watched the clip that they provided, which is, like, the tail end of it. Yeah. And from what I watched, it looked, like, pretty good. Like, they, nice. they it was, like, solid action there. And, like, they're all, all three of them are good. So, like, it just, like, had, like, a nice fast pace, too. And they were all doing stuff. And I thought that was pretty good. Nice. Escobar accidentally suicide-dived uh, Logan Paul because he was sitting That's there. That's a shame. Yeah, that sucks. Um, so yeah, that looked pretty good. Nice. And so Money in the Bank match should be good, even though stupid YouTube spoiled me. Speaking of Money in the Bank, hey, segue, yeah. Palooza, we're going to make some quick predictions about that, even though it's happening right now. Uh, but yes, let's make our predictions for this year's WWE Money in the Bank. All right, I was just saying to you that I have not... I did do a little bit of thinking about it, didn't write anything down. That means you're going to cheat. So, and I'm not going to change any picks. I haven't been spoiled, and I even feel like I'm getting a read off of what you're thinking, but I won't let it... Or what you know of terms of spoilers, but I won't let it affect my picks. Um, so what are we I'm starting with? I'm keeping my pick, so... Well, this is... I, I did this this morning, so... Okay. This is off of nothing. Uh, so first up is the women's ladder match, which is Becky Lynch, Trish Stratus, don't know how, 
uh, Zoe Starks, Lena Vega, EO, Sky, and Bailey. Um, so I remember like a couple weeks ago, like sometime after Backlash, um, I heard WWE's keen on pushing EO after the positive reaction she got. Right. Um, and I feel like she sh- she could get a push. I don't see much of a solid case. Eh, nice for anyone else. I didn't do that on purpose, but I just amuse myself now. So I'll take EO to win because. I don't see anyone else winning unless you really want to go to like Zelina or something. Right. Zoe Stark. Um, I doubt it. So when I listen to um, smart wrestling fan, Joe Negron says he has access to scripts for WWE and I I actually believe he does. So you know who he said was scripted to win, even though I'm not picking that person. He said the script said Zelina Vega to win initially, but he feels like that might've changed. So I, 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 I think it's EO. Yeah, I, I don't see. I agree. A, I think she'll be a standout in a match like this, and B, I think it's her time. Yeah, and we need to put some energy. Hey, there was a time her. where she was sick as hell. And she was my favorite wrestler in the world of any gender yeah. for a while in NXT, right? Mm-hmm. So I will take Io, but we'll see if it's right that it was Zelina mm-hmm. planned. Uh, next we get Shayna and Ronda versus Raquel and Liv for the women's tags. I could see this going either way, but I feel like Rousey and Baszler should have a dominant run. So I'm I think that's what that. it's looking like. I feel like they retain. It doesn't feel like this is the team to derail them. Mm-hmm. So I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, next uh, is Gunther versus Matthew Riddle. I am excited for this title. match. Actually, I'm super excited for this match. I always I kept saying Riddle should challenge for the title, and so I'm excited they're doing this. Uh, I just I think their want... styles will be cool together. Yeah, too. Exa- I do think Riddle like deserves the title at some point but it it's just not doesn't feel today. like it here i agree gunther's on a run Especially with, like i would like pete dunn to win the title which i don't think would happen because yeah. different brands but i could also see drew mcintyre coming back at some point yeah so i'm gonna take gunther as always who did i hear is dating uh one of the imperium the the one with hair uh somebody's kaiser? somebody's dating him ludwig kaiser i'll look at his instagram um, you so say you're taking Gunther? I am taking Gunther. Because they were saying that th- he's helped uh, Gunther train and lose weight, and she's gotten in better shape, too, because of Kaiser, I think. Okay. Um, oh I'll, I'll scroll his... Sorry, it just halfway popped into my head. Okay. And I was like, huh, they're dating. I did um, not know. Cody versus Dom. So I'm... This one I don't really know. I don't I feel strongly. don't think I got it right, but I took a Hail Mary, and I picked dom because i thought brock i'm thinking brock interferes like sure. he's rumored to come back and then so that sets up the third match and then they can also give dom a big win while tainted still a big win because they seem to be somewhat keen on dom that so all makes a lot of sense but i think cody's cody and cody's yeah. gonna be like i'm not losing this yeah I'm not losing i him. think that's more right but i, so I thought cody. i'd take a gamble there i like it i'll take cody um, hey, what you say makes sense yeah uh rollins versus balor um, so I that think Balor's looks too. strong in the build up here and the history between them is great. Balor doesn't feel like the one to dethrone Rollins and Rollins feels like he's got a lot more in the tank. So I actually think Rollins. there's a chance Balor wins because they seem so. to love judgment day right now, but I will take Rollins as well. Oh, they definitely do quite, love judgment day. Mm-hmm. It's not quite time, but, um, also good news is the women's winning the bank. They can't cash in on the same night cause there's no women's title match. True. So we can finally break the cycle, I guess. Cause li- literally like i told you carmelo is the only one to hold the briefcase right. longer than 24 hours so we can finally break this actually that's not true 
if one of the if um if Ripley has a match tomorrow, we could be in danger. She was on NXT. I didn't even mention that. Yeah, I saw that. Not prominently, but she was there. No, it was a little bit with Mello. Uh, so men's Wayne's Bank ladder match. Uh, Priest, Ricochet, Nakamura, Escobar, Butch, LA Knight, Logan Paul. Um, so in theory, it's the easiest one to pick. Uh, there's a clear favorite here. Um, however, I think throwing in Logan Paul potentially throws a wrench in things. Um, some within are pitching for Paul, as you do. Um, I can see that <laughs> happening here. However, I know Triple H, and I assume a few others, I would hope, uh, is pushing for LA Knight. Uh, he's over his hell right now. He's just the smartest choice. I could see him as a champion in this company because yep. he just fits them Me perfectly. Too. So I'm going to go with LA Knight because it seems like the best pick. I'm going to do it. I'm going to take Logan Paul. I just think that he, like having him with that case and going around and doing all of the mainstream stuff he does, they are going to love that temptation. Yeah. Of the, Logan the, Paul to me, I don't see him successfully cashing in on either of them, though. That's the thing. It doesn't have to be successful, necessarily. Then that's a waste Usually of, that's is. That's a waste but, of money in the bank. But I, I could see them like, oh, he's going to be doing mainstream stuff and have it on YouTube, and 9 million teenagers are going to see it, and that's amazing for us. Going to get a prime case. I just think they can't resist yeah. having a heel that can talk with it and him, the like the publicity, he'll get it. We'll so see. I'll take Logan Paul. All right. Um, and finally, Usos versus Roman and Solo. Um, so I took the Usos here. I think they pick up a win here because once it goes to singles matches, Roman's not losing, obviously, True. until he loses the titles. The tag matches are the only time Roman can lose and like still be fine because theoretically Solo will take the pin. Now, there's a chance Roman could take the pin, actually, because the first person to pin Roman in WWE was, in fact, I believe, Jey Uso. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've heard that. Yeah. Uh, and so the Usos are touted as one of the greatest teams they have as well, so I'm going to pick them and the Bullying Swallows can continue as it, as they see fit but like i don't see the usos really losing here i think this kind of would benefit them a lot i'll take the other team just because i'm like oh, i don't pick against roman generally and i feel like sokoa has been pretty protected too from what i hear right so yeah maybe he doesn't take the pin then yeah i don't know so i'll take uh Sokoa and roman reigns just so we got a couple different ones this time yeah so sometimes we, it's like we all agree yeah group think you know it's hard i think we i talk threw, wrestling I think together I threw one all the time. on the dom pick but that's okay we'll see um all right so you said you did have a little bit of a figure update this yeah. week all right so let's move into where jack gives us that update on figuring it out with jack we cracked the case the uh it was tiffany stratton that's dating ludwig kaiser right indeed i believe so what do you got for that us makes sense uh, actually no it doesn't because they're not an nxt anymore i take it back it's completely illogical um okay so there's some like uk wrestle shop wrestling figure shop that um had stuff so there's like a bit of previews but nothing like super interesting um so there was like some the only like really good images for things were elite 104 so everyone was really happy because aj styles is a new torso that's like more ripped than the daniel bryan one so okay it's the sin cara torso oh is it yeah but i think that i think that works better it actually it actually does look like more like his body type, I think, a little bit. So that's pretty good. And he's got the right attire. It, the render didn't have knee pads, so thankfully he does have knee pads. I kind of like it. It's nice. nice. But most of the Aegis figures have been red lately. So that's weird. Um, Then there's Solo Sokoa. And, like, I don't know if you can tell, but he's got, like, the Daniel Bryan torso. But he's way too skinny like that. It You can't tell because they covered it a bit. But, like, yeah, he's, he's way too slim. It looks like it even and his from belly that. button's not covered. Like, he looks solid with the shirt on. But, like, he's, like, there, there, there's kind of a better shot. He's way too slim. Yes, um, definitely. These are from Ringside's Instagram. If you guys it's more like Roman. Seen it. Yeah. Um, so he's pretty slim. Uh, there's McIntyre from Clash of the Castle, which is pretty typical. McIntyre's different yep. gear. Um, Dakota Kai. 
So she had like leggings, so her they did the legs weird. Like I don't like the legs because they're meant to like replicate the leggings, but it just it looks like yeah. off colored. So like, because they did that like um on the arms of the Rhea Ripley and Liv Morganese because they have fishnet, but it's like really small fishnet. So they just like their arms are in like this dark gray, but like it looks weird. It's this weird thing that they started doing with the women's figures. And so there's also Rick Steiner, but there wasn't good images of him for some reason. I thought it'd be canceled because he's transphobic or whatever, but they apparently aren't going to be using him for the near future, at least because, yes, he's a bigoted yeah, person. Yeah, but he, uh, the figure's still good, apparently. So, right. Uh, but here's the Braun Breakers, firstly. I think this, like, for a debut elite, that's pretty phenomenal looking. That looks good. The head scan's nice. I think really it's the same good. from the basic, and then the, it's the pink. Single with the numbers look, and they also got the 2.0 NXT it, title with the. It helps recolor. that his physique just kind of looks like an action figure. Yeah, and <laughs> it's, it it's a mold they use. Like I think they use this for like probably Ryback, and like I think no, this might be the Kurt Angle one. I don't know. And then here's the Chase variant with like more different colors. Looks good. Um, so that one looks really nice, and so that's pretty cool. And then there's um, speaking of like the Jack figures, where's the? I really, really think they need to put him with Diamond Mine, the Creeds, and bring them up. Not even call them Diamond Mine, just like fit so well. That'd be interesting. Uh, there's a new Braun coming. I think the is and there's also EO Sky, which looks pretty nice. But the Braun looks pretty oh, yeah. nuts because I think cool. the Braun's got a new torso. Uh, there's Ultimate Lashley and the what's been dubbed the McDonald's gear. Yeah, McDonald's <laughs> makes funny. sense. I like that look. Ketchup and mustard. Nice. Um, and so they showed the new the next greatest hits Elite Wave, which is interesting because so the Bray Wyatt so this is like re-release waves, right? So like they re-release figures that were like maybe distributed hard or were hard to get or like yeah. some good figures or whatever. So they there's the natural disasters, which are do you remember the ones we saw in Walmart like years ago? The natural disasters yes. the then now forever. At least yes. those ones. They put out those ones again. They're re-releasing the John Nada Roddy Piper. Uh-huh. Scorpion King Rock. Uh pre Barber Brutus Beefcake from mm. Dream Team. Okay. Uh Elite Ten R Truth. So like old R Truth. Then the Bray Wyatt's interesting because there's a... Uh, Years ago, there was like um back when they did the epic moments two packs. Remember, there was the Hardys one with the ladders that I wanted yep. and I never got. Yes, and there was the Shield one that I wanted and I never got with the T-shirts. So deprived. And there was life Undisputed, is hard. Then there's the Undisputed Era one that I did get. Yeah, I did get. And then there was the Milkomania one. Yeah, we looked hard for that so, Undisputed. I think we ordered that. Yeah, was, I think so. Yeah. Um, then and then I think we I saw it at Toys R Us a bunch. So of course that's how the world works. Anyways, they were supposed to do an Ultimate Deletion one with Bray and Matt Hardy, but it got canceled for some reason. I don't remember why. I don't think it was because Matt laughed. I don't remember the timeline. But anyways, they no, because they released the Matt Hardy um in the network spotlight because it came in. I think it came with a dilapidated boat and the Vanguard. Yeah. Um, but so they were they're re-releasing the Bray here just with different colored pants. So that's kind of cool. And then the Seth Rollins. <sighs> Not Thor Thanos. No, because so this was the this is a re-release Rollins. So I was saying like greatest hits. You got to do the white Rollins, okay? And they didn't do it the first time because they did the cash-in Rollins. You know the Rollins that I have that's on the chair over there? The one that came with the Money in the Bank briefcase and the title. Yeah. And it had the Money in the Bank briefcase. The Toys R Us exclusive. It, they re-released that one, which wasn't a great choice, but I guess that's fine. But So now they're re-releasing Rollins first elite, the Shield Rollins. That um, I basically have this figure because it came in that Then Now Forever three-pack mm -hmm. Shield. Not the Epic Moments one. It's different. Um, and so this is annoying because... I think I saw the one YouTuber guy saying, I think it's fair. It's arguably one of his worst elites. And I don't know why anyone would want it. Cause it's just, it's an old shield set. Right. It's just got like the updated skin, the double 20 doubles. I was really hoping for another white Rollins. And 
I thought it'd be cool to like put the kick pads from this Rollins on there because that would look interesting. But... And I just randomly found you a Rollins you were looking for. Yeah, I find yeah. So that, I guess that's worth mentioning too. We finally found the Elite ninety nine Rollins I've been after for half a year. Just randomly at in a the Walmart. Walmart that never has stuff. And I also got the Chase variant Boogeyman with the ECW paint. So that's right. that's cool. But yeah, this this Rollins is nice. And they funny. price dropped them ten dollars, yeah. which is crazy. It was also funny. I was watching because they had the best of Edge mm-hmm. uh, thing, and it was the Hell in Sound match between Rollins and edge at crown jewel yeah oh nice this one yeah it's pretty similar to it's the michael jackson gear and if you've ever seen him wear the boots like that but like yeah i remember seeing the one random reel of michael jackson like performing something and he was wearing those boots and i was like that's that thing that's the thing um i don't think there was anything else. there's um i think the build this is a build a figure that that's pretty crazy so you know no it's bulldog oh yeah oh jeans but, bulldog and the and the Virgil, which is pretty crazy, because usually when they do build figures, it's always like suited looks. Remember, I have the referee build figure, yep. but like that's a build figure, and it looks pretty much exactly like an elite. So if that's how it's going. That's pretty crazy if they can do that, because I've I've heard they've been working on build figures that aren't just uh, suited figures. Yeah. Also, Ridge Holland and Beth Phoenix. Yeah. Nice. Beth Phoenix is like it's like her weird mohawk looking hair. It's really weird. And then they did Best of Legends wave, which I think it's this is I think that's Attitude or Bulldog, right? Like Heart Foundation, I think. Yeah, I think so. And then there's they're re-releasing the Honky Tonk Man. Remember, you know how there's those figures in the arcade packaging? Yes. They're re-releasing that yeah, yeah. one. And then they're re-releasing Bruno San Martino, Terry Funk, and uh, one of the Ultimate Warriors. I don't know. He has a bunch, so I don't really know. Nice. I think that's it. I was hoping there would be more interesting stuff, but I guess it's not one of the big days. Um, we're just kind of waiting for um, Comic-Con, because that'll be... A big release. A big bananas. dump. <laughs> they're going to take a big dump. A massive dump as... Yeah. A certain former president would say about mm-hmm. illegal ballots that was oh. never proven but anyways I, who that is. I can't imagine but i think that's gonna wrap it up for us we're coming mm-hmm. in just under two and a half hours that's not bad basically. for covering a lot of stuff yes yeah. so we're gonna go watch money in the bank we'll definitely talk about it next week on episode 154 along with all if the other I didn't stuff do we always bonus do episode for ruben door i can't imagine no. doing it for money in the bank so feel free to uh contact us if you like fnswrestling at gmail.com or fns underscore wrestling underscore podcast on instagram Love to hear from you. Any ideas, praise, feedback, whatever. Be great to hear. We always give a reply. And we'll definitely be back here next Saturday around this time for episode 154. And until then, take care. Ciao.